Hey, what's going on? It's Bill Burr. It's time for the Thursday afternoon, just before Friday, Monday morning podcast. And you know, whenever I'm videoing, that means I have a special guest, a very special guest to the point I wore a sweater. Huh? The importance of this man. He's done everything. Movies, uh, television, Broadway. He's been nominated for like everything. You, you know him from Star Wars and I, God knows ever. I saw him in this amazing Broadway play called Burn This. Um, he's got a movie coming out called got it, Ferrari with Michael Mann, Christmas Day. Please welcome Adam Driver. Jesus Christ. Thank you. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? Sorry. We had a little confusion before this started. I was like, when is the movie coming out? When is this podcast coming out? So uh, first off, great to see you. And I am, you I am very excited um, about this movie because, you know, there has been movies about F1 and that type of stuff, but this seems like it's going to dig further. You're playing Enzo Ferrari? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, and this isn't just going to be, it's not like Days of Thunder meets Italian supercars, no, I'm no, assuming. No, no, if, if people are expecting it to just be nonstop racing, it's not that. There, There, there is racing, for sure, and it's shot right. really well because it's a Michael Mann movie, but it's be you also a big because... competition, you're fighting yeah. for the same girl, you, uh, and Robert Duvall's in it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I raced Robert Duvall in yeah. 1957. Yeah, there we go. Um, but it, it's, it's a very character driven movie just like michael mann's movies are right you know that's, that's, so hopefully by the time that somebody actually crashes you care that yes they, that they live or die well one know? of the few books i've read in my life i was saying <laughs> I, I read I, I read this uh that wasn't a sports autobiography i read this book called uh, the limit and um it was this amazing um story basically it was a history of f1 on kind of like how dangerous it was yeah in the 1950s um and and i looked up most of the, like the, some of the worst like of, of these crashes and it would be literally like on straightaways they would just have spectators standing behind like a yellow rope yeah and it's a straightaway so they weren't expecting centrifugal force to affect it but then they would hit each other and they would go into the crowd and like so many people would die and like nobody got sued back then but this book was called the limit and was about the first um american to win the uh f1 championship and as much as it was about the race and the danger and everything there was this one story um that kind of gave me a hint into the complexities and the drama of enzo ferrari the guy that you're playing was when phil hill was the name of the guy uh, the american driver when he got his first car um the last driver had just died and so then they're, oh, they're calling you up and he couldn't believe he got the call. And when he got the call in the floor pan, there was a hole like the size of a quarter in the floor pan of it. And they're like, all right, it's your car. And he just, he asked why the floor pan, why it had the hole in it. The last driver got decapitated and bled out in the car. So they just drilled a hole and they hosed it out. <laughs> and I love where aerodynamics was that they didn't weld it shut. And then he just, it's like, all right, dude, you're like, you're up next. And it was just like, I mean, I feel like, uh, you know, when I watch like those World War II movies, when you were in one of those, those, you know, those giant bombers and you were like in that little bubble at the bottom, I feel like that job, you know, like this is the racing version of that. So what I got excited about when I heard this movie that, that it wasn't just going to be like, you know, you know, them just going around a track and some weak story to surround that is that they're actually going to get into this guy and it's uh, Enzo Ferrari and that it's Michael Mann mm-hmm. is... Um, Am I on the right track as far as like? Yeah, completely. I think like the death rate of the Ferrari team 
in the late 50s, probably from 1955 to when our movie starts, 1957, was something like 50%. You know, the, the, the goal was to kind of get thrown from a car as opposed to get stuck in a car and burned Burn to, to death. death and, yeah. and they didn't have seatbelts or, you know, it wasn't be, not because of them being absent-minded. It just wasn't part of the racing culture at the time. It was, you know, aerodynamics was kind of new. Mid, mid-engine vehicles were something that Enzo was very adverse to. He was very much of the philosophy that the ox pulls the cart. TV was entering F1 for the first time. So that was right. a completely new transition. And also... In our movie, Enzo, you know, he has this woman that um, he'd been uh, that he had a child with named Lena Lardi, mm-hmm. who's you know, who he had a kid with. The son was about to be confirmed. He didn't know if he was going to be confirmed as a as a as a Lardi or a, a Ferrari. Even though every, everybody in the town knew who he was, except his wife Laura, who he ran the business with. He his son who was on his way to be an engineer, died when he was about 21. So it, it's very much... A, didn't he name he named the Denali after him? Oh, he named the Enzo after... The Enzo after yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, or okay. Or the, the Dino, sorry. The Dino. Yeah. Okay. You know, I just saw one of those recently, and it's this episode one of season five of Kojak. <laughs> <laughs> no, I watch... I live in the past. I can't deal with Kojak, today. like the Kojak, Kojak? Kojak, Yeah, Kojak, yeah, right, right. Which, okay. by the way, my three-and-a-half-year-old son loves. Oh, really? Yeah, he just... Uh, there's something about it. There's cars, there's shooting, there's good-looking women, and there's uh, this gorgeous woman. She just comes walking out of the elevator. She walks by two Porsches and then gets in the uh, whatever the Denali. I thought it was called Denali. I have no idea the, that early '70s one, and it's gray too, which is a really unique color. And then of course somebody gets shot next <laughs> next to a yellow Pacer, <laughs> which I thought was interesting to have all of those cars and then just have that in there. But um, anyway, um, what I love about your career, other than that, you know, you're amazing. What you do is is like you just seem to be working with like you work with directors that are also like i think have the same approach that you do or so you just seem like you like it's it's uh you want to do you're always going for something great so i always know that if if you know if i if i'm scrolling on netflix or whatever and if i see your face whatever it is it's like like, no no i know this guy is this guy doesn't just you know, this isn't going to be fucking Police Academy 6. And he's, he's buying a house in Malibu. Like that that thing. Like, hey, you know, it's about time I get paid. I'm doing Con Air Part 9. Which I don't fucking, I don't judge anybody anymore. The way they're not fucking paying anybody. Everybody's doing commercials now. Um, you're one of those guys. So you get to work with Michael Mann, who, uh, it's amazing. I've been watching, I mean, basically been watching his movies my entire life. And I thought he had way more. So before I came in here and I, and I looked at the ones that he did, it, it, he doesn't have nearly as many movies as I thought. It's just that he just hit so many home runs. Right, yeah, yeah. You know, like yeah. uh, I actually, like last year, I went back and I watched like Thief, which I think was his first one. And obviously I saw like the heats, of, you know, heat yeah, yeah. and all of that, which, yeah. you know. The Insider, Last of the Mohicans. Insider I loved. Collateral, Ali, you know. The, I think they, they have staying power and they're timeless because the, he makes the, he's so specific so every time you watch them uh, uh, even heat i've seen probably 200 times and every right. time i watch it i always see something different about oh god like that, that it's such a great detail that i never picked up on before yeah. and, and it's the same with this i don't think it's, it's uh, kind of impossible to watch this once i mean it, it's very possible but uh, so what's I, that like when you get in with you're with the guy okay you're working with somebody who's a legend like that as a director mm-hmm. they obviously know what they're doing yeah. And then he gives you a direction, and you're thinking of going in a different direction. Is there anything in your head going like, "Well, that was Michael Mann. I can't." 
I can't say, uh, hey, I was thinking of... Uh, you, you have to try it, I would say, because it might be a good idea. But then at the same time, he he is also trying to figure out how to communicate with you just like you're trying to figure out how to communicate with him, and you can't keep each other from each other. Like, you, you can't... Uh, you can't keep it like, oh, I'm secretly going to do something else. If you, if, oh. if you disagree, then you kind of have to talk have about it. Have you ever it. tried that? Yeah. Oh, secretly yeah. disagreeing and then doing something. Yeah, or, or someone like gives me a direction and I'm like, okay, maybe I'll just... Do, and in the moment, I don't want to do it, so I'll just do something else. Just because... Because it's film. So we, if we don't... If it doesn't work, we'll just go back and do it again. Right. You know, you know. I don't want to get too in my head if it... The minute somebody, you start trying to think of it externally from myself, then I to get totally lost. And it, it's kind of like a benign rebellion. If that makes sense. It's not like I'm rebelling against. I, I like watching things where I get the sense that maybe the actor or, or will, will leave the frame. You know, I don't, I don't know what they, they just so long as they feel like they're, you know, breathing. And the minute right. they, they get in their head, I feel like I can sense it. So I, and if I do something and someone doesn't like it, then we'll just do it again. You know, we'll, we'll, that's the luxury of film. Not, not all directors that work that way. But uh, with Michael, I know that, you know, if he doesn't get what he wants, then then we'll just keep doing it until we until we get it. <laughs> Just grind you perpetuity. down. In perpetuity. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, how come people don't seem to understand that a, a person wouldn't want to watch themselves? Because like, when I saw that whole, that whole bullshit, it's just like, know. why would you want to sit there? Because I have a theory that if, you look, if you're looking at the side of your head while you're talking, mm-hmm. it's like that Native American thing where they didn't want to get a picture. It takes a piece of your soul. There's like something <laughs> that, that, that you should never do that. Yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, p- some people watch themselves and they benefit from it, and I've started to do that now too. Where I've now I've started to watch things that I'm in just because I I realize that even when I watch it in retrospect, I don't like it, and I feel like I could have had a time when we were putting it together to fight for the part a little bit, like prote- uh-huh. protect your performance. Because usually before I'm like, okay, I did it, I absolve all responsibility. It's your movie, and I'm going to go away now. I like that. That's like denial. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a way of coping, I think, with when it doesn't work, then I don't, then it's not my responsibility. But I mean, it's, it's is lots that of trauma reasons. trauma inspired? Because that's how I go through life. Right. I just keep trauma marching inspired. forward yeah, yeah. to stay, because if I slow down, like the fog of what has happened in the past catches up to me. <laughs> <laughs> so I just keep going, like, all right, you know, I don't, I don't need to look at it. You know, I'm sure it's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No matter what it is, it's going to make me cringe. So. I wish I was that way, but I'm, I'm not. I get, I get all obsessed about a detail and go over and over again, and I'll, I'll drive myself crazy and everybody else around me crazy, asking them to explain what the, what the thing was as opposed to just fucking watching it. But at the same time, I also came from theater where – you don't get to see what it looks like extra. You're only, you know, deal, you're on a stage and you do it. And always at the last performances, the, I'm sure you feel this with stand-up. I mean, maybe not. You get you do it for so long and every time you do it, it's something new. And then it just gets better and better and you become more relaxed. There's a part where you're like, oh, I, I need to be over here at this part of the stage when I say that as opposed to over there. Or I was tense in this part and now I, now I found a right. way to relax. And the, that's what I feel about uh, film. It's permanent. You can't go back and do it again. You, you're, it's at the same time improvisational, but permanent. It's a document that lives forever. Right. Then you make it and you made a mistake or you thought you were going to do something that, that wasn't operating. It's 
it's fucking it is tra- traumatic when you watch it and you're like oh and I can't go back and redo it that's it that's what it is <laughs> now it lives forever but in the same but in this also the other end it's not about you and how you feel about it it's about how an audience responds to it so I you know I try to absolve responsibility but now I think that's healthy I, I think so too suddenly it turns into this thing where people ask me about it all the time as if it's like very you know odd but to me it, it makes sense to not watch things if you don't want to yeah know? not wanting to see yourself retiring like figuring a way out of this business and <laughs> right. just being able to sit and be quiet right yeah. like stuff like that makes sense um one thing that does as far as like like with like stand-up um and and you doing when i watched you on burn this uh on broadway it's the same thing where it's live Okay, and there's like no do-overs. But me, I can adjust to a screw-up. I can call it out. I'm breaking the fourth wall the entire time. The entire time, I'm talking to the crowd. I'm not creating this, this world that you guys are doing. So if there's like a mistake, it's very easily handled. Once you're seasoned and, and, and you, you can, you're, you're relaxed. So when you were doing that play, because this is what oh, I've always wanted to ask someone that's acting on Broadway, what happens, what do you do? Like if the other actor forgets their line and you see them in a panic looking at you <laughs> or you can like right before you're going out, you're like, what the fuck do I say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's this crowd there and go, like, there's your cue. Like how do you, uh, like what is that night, like that first night, no matter how many times you've rehearsed it, there has to be that thought of like, what if I, I, I forget my lines? Yeah, not so much. No, when I first did a play on Broadway, that was that terror that uh, that I was not going to memorize, you know, know my lines. Uh, but now I don't feel that way. I, like I feel like I know my lines and all. But but that happens. Right, well, let's all the talk time. about the terror. So okay. what what ha- what was that like? How did did it happen? Did it where I lost my lines? Yeah. No, 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 no. So I remember the first play I ever did was called, a play called Mrs. Warren's Profession. It's a Robert Shaw play. And I was sitting backstage, and it was with Cherry Jones and Sally Hawkins. And they were acting, and I had, there was the mic in my dressing room, or the speaker in my dressing room. And somebody said something that was funny, and for the first time I heard a crowd that that size laugh, and I was fucking terrified. Because oh, yeah. it was Because it's immense, you know, and very... Uh, Deep and and I just was I blacked out or I don't know if I really blacked out but I was uh, terrified and then I uh, had to go out and I stumbled through it and that was it it wasn't it was not a good did you show. have you ever gotten mad at yourself for choosing this profession all the time in all those moments because yeah, yeah, I do yeah. that all the time yeah yeah yeah, yeah it's all self induced yeah, no yeah. one asked me no and and no one is asking for it <laughs> that's what and that's what I was always saying I would always be sitting there like when I was getting called on stage horrible crowd or or like you know you're gonna do, do Letterman and it's freezing yeah, yeah, cold yeah, yeah. and he doesn't look yeah, like he's yeah. in a good mood and I'm just like why I'm a fucking shy person why did I decide yeah, yeah, yeah. to do this this is stupid yeah yeah oh yeah all the time yeah but then when it's over then you're like you feel amazing for like 20 minutes yeah th- yeah then that's <laughs> it I always the best part of getting of, of, of jobs is the first 20 minutes when I realize I'm gonna do the job but then after that it's just misery until it's over yeah you're like oh fuck now I have to go do it yeah yeah yeah, and it has to be great, and it has to be something that was worth all the effort to get there. To well, I got to tell you, when I saw you on that, like, dude, you came out in that play, Burn This, it was like, you know, it was already a good play. You didn't come on, I felt, for like the first 10 minutes. Right. And when your character comes in, I think he was hammered or whatever, he's just an erratic, crazy fucking person. Mm. And you came in, and it was just like electrified. The whole thing, just it just was flying after that and I'm not you know oh, I'm a comedian so like I'm going to Broadway and we have like I think we confuse 
you know, cats with everything else on Broadway. So we just think it's going to be like, oh my Fair God, I had that. a dream. Like, oh no. How am I going to lie to this guy afterwards and be like, oh yeah, yeah, that, yeah, was, yeah. That, was, that was fantastic. Yeah. I, got, I got my little cats doll here and uh, yeah, yeah. I, I am now, I want to be on the Great White Way. I was so uh, like psyched. Like two, that's only happened two times. Oh, really? Um, your play, and then uh, when I first moved to L.A., my neighbor across the street wrote a play and put it out up here in L.A. And, wow. you know, L.A. Oh, theater yeah, yeah, is yeah, not yeah. known yeah. to not have a reputation. <laughs> and I was, I was in a fucking panic because it wasn't not only what I was like, I have to say that I liked it after the show. The guy lived across the street from me. So, like, how long could I keep the lie on right, my right. face? And fortunately, I went there and I loved it. And it was really hilarious. And it was really smart, and really funny. And uh, I was like gushing afterwards. And like most of it was my relief <laughs> right, right. that, oh, my God, thank God. I, I, I not only did I like it, I actually loved it. And um, so I, I've gone to, you know, that kind of opened me up because up until then, I'd only seen like uh, I, I'd just seen like off, off, off Broadway plays. Right. I mean, right. I remember seeing something my wife was in, and there was somebody on stage, and their job was acting out the machinery of, of like the industrial ages. And I was exactly, and we're in this little black box theater, and I was just sitting there, being like, "How is this what fucking? Fuck what is this? this? Yeah, like, yeah. how the fuck does this lead to that? Like, this seems like you're walking in the other direction." And then I was getting frustrated. Oh man, I got I got some stories. My wife, you know, did a lot of acting. I remember one time she did, a, uh, she'll get mad at me if I tell this story, but it's too good not to tell it. So she was doing this play and I was so excited. My wife's you know, better actor than me and she's just fucking amazing and she's beautiful, right? And I just want to see her up there and I want to see her working. And they had her up there. In New York? Uh, I, I got to protect this story. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, I can't give out too many <laughs> okay, details. Okay, okay. So they had her, all she was doing was just reading like the narration that's what they had her doing and then it'd be like and then 12 days later but blah, blah 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 you know she's really young or whatever so I was getting frustrated with that and then the fucking play <laughs> I can't uh, the fucking play was driving me up the wall and I was drinking back then so there so there was <laughs> it was a break so I went out and I had a beer and then I had another beer and then the stupid little ding dong thing goes off and I'm just thinking like there's no fucking way I go this is bullshit like what am I supporting here supporting her them not using her talents I actually did it as a fan if you're watching this Nia I did it as a fan I'm not fucking gonna sit here and watch her be underused watching that other bullshit that's happening so uh, I, 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 I'll tell you after what it was about anyway okay. so I just decided this. I'm, just, fuck it, I'm gonna stay out there and she, she's, she's not gonna know so of course, I don't go out there and I get, you know, I kind of get half, half blitzed and she, I didn't know, she could tell that I didn't come back and she was so fucking upset. You, you didn't come back? I didn't come back for oh, the oh, second half. Oh, wow. No, I, I, well, I just walked in in the end when it was over and then I went, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> I, I, you know, a couple of Sam Adams in and then I was going like, great job. And I could tell the, her energy. I was like, either she didn't like to play or she could tell I wasn't. And I found out that, uh, you know, she could tell that I wasn't there. And oh my God, dude, she held that over my head. Yeah. She yeah, held yeah. that over my head until she didn't watch me on Reservation Dogs for like nine years, whenever the fuck that came out, what, like four years ago. She's still yet to watch me. I go, all right, we're even. We're even. And she goes, I know, I just haven't gotten around to it. I go, I did, it was a really cool episode. It's a great show. And she didn't watch it. And I go, hey, I go, all right. 
We're even now. <laughs> right, right. Remember right. when I sat out there and I got drunk because I didn't want to watch you just fucking reading what ellipses? Not ellipses. What's the, what's the, the stage what's, directions? Stage directions. Right, yeah, right, right. Ellipses. That's dot dot dot. Um, <laughs> how did you get the acting bug? Like it didn't. It, like your whole your route is really odd. Yes, I was interested in it. Oh, you know what I would actually say? I would say it's old school. Because yeah, so many of the old school actors, Lee Marvin and all them, literally fought in wars. Yeah, yeah. Gene was, Hackman. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of action back then, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was I was, it was World War II to Korea to Vietnam. I mean, <laughs> right, it was kind of right. hard. To avoid it. Well, I, and I also think, I think that that's why those guys are so uh, compelling because they're, they're little guys. They're like, they, they all weigh like 140 pounds, but they actually, you know, they saw action. They killed people. So like when Lee Marvin was like delivering lines, I think he was involved in something where like his whole platoon, except for him and like a couple other guys got like wiped out. Um, there's just something about that. Like those guys when they were on screen. So, cause I, you, as much as you're way younger than me and everything, you have like a throwback vibe. You don't have like, um, like when I talk to you, I don't feel like that. Uh, like, I don't know what happened along the way, but there was, I don't know if it's just me being older, but there's just different kinds of people now. Like people are just like, I've just lived, I guess, long enough that, uh, like, I don't know. What the fuck was I watching the other night? I was watching um, Magnum PI because uh, yeah, a friend yeah. of mine was on it. And the guy's like, Magnum's like stuck in this relationship and his girlfriend's giving him shit and they're not spending enough time. And I'm just like, they never had storylines like this. The guy was just driving around in a Ferrari banging yeah, yeah. chicks, yeah, yeah. you know? And then even like the helicopter pilot, like the, the, the first guy was jacked and this guy was more like, you know, he had the dad bod going on. No offense to that guy, but I'm just saying like, this is... It, like, Who, Tom Selleck or no, no? No, the, no, the, 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 the guy who played TC, the original TC guy was fucking jacked and the, the next guy, like it was just, everything was just sort of like yeah. softened a little. Everybody's yeah, yeah, like, yeah. all right, the, you know, like the, the, the new Magnum is a lot more understanding. <laughs> and he like, he, he's like examining himself. There was yeah, no right. examination. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was like the first Magnum. if you watch I the agree. first Magnum it's weird <laughs> yeah, yeah. What, when now when you go back and watch it's just like all, so all these guys are straight right yeah, yeah. they're all just kind of fucking <laughs> hanging out doing all this manly stuff flying yeah, yeah. helicopters and surfing and shit um, yeah there was just sort of something like it's weird it's like super manly and then maybe like really gay at the same time where now I felt like the, like the new Magnum is just way, way more uh they're just like regular. Yeah. It's like, oh, you solve crimes too, do you? I thought you were in fucking, uh, you know, fucking, I don't know, HR or something. You know? <laughs> I guess I'll never be on that show. But I, I, I haven't seen the new one, but I know what you're. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. 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 I, yeah. Yeah. Even the even the Ferrari, our movie. It's like it's it's all pre psychology. They're, so they're, did, they're did not you so analytical? Right. About. about Enzo Ferrari wasn't someone who was like, well, let me think about how I feel about it. He, he's instinctual and moving forward. Wasn't his thing like when a driver died, he'd say, that's terrible. My condolences to the family. How's the car? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he very would. like... like. Yeah, well, in the movie, it's, it's, he it talks about a little bit. He had very, you know, two good friends, Campari and Borzacchini, who were killed by cars that he made. And so he just, you know, he came up with this system of dealing with it, his own psychology of just building a wall. <laughs> so if anything, wow. and being unemotional about it and and 
you know, manipulating personalities to get what it is that he wanted the best out of them, but not getting so close that, uh, you know, he would betray, you know, any kind of emotion or anything like that when they would die. Yeah. I cannot wait to see this. Did you did you shoot this in Italy? Please yeah, say yeah, yes. And, yeah, in Modena, the pl- the town, everything. I I like a, well, it'll make more sense when you see the film. But the like the the haircut, the barber where he gets a haircut is the the barber where he gets his haircut. The guy who's cutting his hair is the grandson of the guy who cut his hair. The 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 opera house is oh the opera God. house. Everything is the where the crash is at the end is the actual crash. I would say more about it, but how long how long were you shooting over there? Four months, four months, oh. like a month of pre-production. Four. Is it annoying to have to be working that hard in a place that gorgeous with that good of food and stuff? And be like, <laughs> like well, you did have weekends off, right? Or were you just we have weekends off, but it's it's it was like prosthetics, and it's the middle of August in in uh, in Italy in Modena, which is the hottest fucking time of the year. So you're you're all you're doing recovering on the weekends. And my family was there, so you're. You're just recovering because it wound up being like 17-hour days, 18-hour days, sometimes 20-hour days. Where do you go? Do you have to go somewhere mentally when you go on? Do you have like a – I don't know if this is a stand-up comedian thing because like I can do my shit in real time. In an hour and 15 minutes, I am done. And I can just go chill out where like, yeah, movie, like you have to be there. Like I always leave my phone in the trailer because I don't want – I just look at like I'm going into a casino. Like, I yeah, don't know what yeah. time it is. I don't know what it is. I'm just here. I'm doing whatever they tell me to do. And then someone just goes, hey, it's lunchtime. You're like, oh, okay. Yeah, like, yeah, I guess yeah. it's noon. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. Wait, when you do, when you travel on, on stand-up, you have a, you're, you're saying that when you're done, you just, you're, you're, you're done? You're shut it off? Is that what you mean? No, I'm saying that the difference between acting, like the mental strength you need as an actor versus a comedian is like, like, Stand-up, it's a joke. Like, there's nobody fucking telling you what to do. You can do whatever you want to do. And if it doesn't work, you can blame the crowd. It's like this fucking amazing... It is, that's why so many of us are assholes. It's just like, ah, fuck, fuck those people. Fuck this state, you know, and just fucking you just move on, right? There's really... You know, you can if you're not careful, there's no ex- self-examination, like learning about yourself. But I felt like... Then with acting is that you have to be on like this team and like you can't be like you know what, fuck this shit I'm out of here yeah, you yeah. people suck you yeah. can't do that you I mean sued. you can't yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah so you have to like go there and just know that like all right I guess we're doing 17 hour days yeah, on yeah. this thing yeah, and yeah. then you it's almost like doing cardio you have to get like used to doing that yeah and um, well, I. T- to me, it's very similar to the military, actually. I mean, the stakes are completely different, but it's all about working within a group of people and right. you have a role and you have to do your role really well and you have to support all the personalities that have come in because for the sake of the movie, not necessarily you, you know, it's, it's the crossovers are, are obvious to, to me. How know. did you, look, coming from like uh, the, the, the military, like you fit in with Marines and then you also fit in with actors. That's pretty wild to me. Yeah, I didn't initially with actors. I, I do now. I mean, it's all about, fi- I'm sure with the same thing with comedy, it's finding the right group of people. I don't fit in with all, all actors. You, you can tell right away if an actor comes on set and it's very much about them and their performance and what it is that they're trying to, versus an actor who comes on and they're, because it's stressful, as you know, you're, you're fighting technology, you're fighting time, you're racing the clock, and someone's videotaping the whole thing, and you're never going to come back there and do it again. And if in the midst of all of that stress and stakes, 
they're there to kind of serve the film and the, and the bigger picture and you as a scene partner, like those are people that you try to hold on to and they, other people that are there for their own thing or they're fucking checked out when that's, you know, your coverage or they're uh, taking up time and wasting energy, then you try to get those, get rid of those people as soon as possible. <laughs> oh, yeah. People on their phones. In yeah. Between things. Oh, fucking can't, yeah. I, I don't know how they do that. Not, yeah. I can't stand it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm going to rage thought, about phones. All I right. thought that was just me. Phones on a set? Yeah. Oh, I fucking can't stand phones on a set like we are doing this now we're you know we're, we're here doing it now we're never going to come back here and do this thing again and this is going to live on forever and you, you're you've left your family and your kids and your your house and you know to come here and do this and then and you have to go back and explain that this is what i was doing you know well uh, you know your, your your wife is picking up the kids at school and like you know uh, dealing with sickness and you're calling you know it's like it has to be it better be fucking worth it you know right i think you know for well, i think you know what's worth what you guys did is actually going to be at the movies you know <clears throat> which is something that I'm, I'm hoping like guys like you keep having you know you got to root for every movie at this point, because it's just that, that shared experience thing. I know I sound like an old guy, but like, uh, you know, I just, uh, I had a small part in this, this Sandler thing called Leo, and we went for the premiere, and it was a packed house, and there was a bunch of kids there and parents there, and the writing was just amazing, and Adam, of course, was hysterical. He's, he's and, great. And just like hearing everybody laughing and then feeling like yeah, a legitimate, yeah. Yeah, yeah. because it was legitimately funny. Once again, nobody had to like fake it. I was like, <laughs> I was walking out like, man, I fucking miss that, yeah. as opposed to just sitting there, you know, you know, laying in bed, scrolling and like, you know, I'll watch, watch the first 40 minutes of this or like, right, right. <clears throat> I wish streaming services too, like when there was a, like a TV series, if they were just sort of like, put it out like you know one episode a week like they did then they i feel like they could relax and not have to be like this fucking you know whale eating plankton you know coming up and just a big mouthful of content every month <laughs> it's like why don't you fucking stretch it out and then give the writing staff a chance to catch up because i remember i did this fucking animated show it take us a year to do it It'd be eight episodes, half-hour episodes. You could watch the whole thing in four hours, and it would come out, right, right. and people would binge it, and people would like, oh, that was great. When, yeah, yeah. When's the next one yeah. coming out? Right, right. It's just like, next. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. it's gonna take me like a uh, like like a year to, to to with all with all kinds of help to try to do this again. So like, I just feel like this. There's so many great things being made, and that you know, seeing them. In, on a big screen with the public, I still think that that's cool. And I, I don't like that whole, if it's a great TV series, it's like a fine wine and you're like shotgunning it. Right, And yeah. just to grab like like another bottle. So yeah. I mean, what do you think about that? Do you think movies, like cinema's gonna just go away? Like nobody's gonna go to the movies? Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm pessimistic about most things, but that's, that that to me, that's why I like this one so much because this this is a kind of movie when I was like, first discovering films as a teenager that I always imagined that I'd get to do, where it's like a very character-driven, cinematic, you know, thing that has high stakes, it's accessible by everybody, but not so dumbed down that, like, uh, it, you know, every plot point has to be spelled out, in, and... You know, it just doesn't. It's, I like when movies tell me what I'm supposed to be thinking. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. This, this does not do that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I got to ask you because one one time we were in uh, in New York, <clears throat> we grabbed a beer, and you were telling me that you were you were getting ready to do this really cool movie 
with this French director, I believe. Yeah, Leo Carrick. Yeah, it was called uh, Annette. Yep. And you were going to be playing a stand-up comedian. That's yes. the first time I met you. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. you wanted to pick my brain. Uh, and I went and saw you at this uh, the Patrice, Patrice O'Neill uh, benefit. Yeah. benefit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You went on so, last, and it was like uh, hey, level the flat line. No, 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 no. Shit the bed. <laughs> Energy just sank. Yeah. yeah, no, no. You. Yeah, it was. It was really impressive. Why is this guy on stage? <laughs> no, no. The place just uh, get erupted. That, that was. Uh, oh, I, I, I appreciate that. Um, I want to see that movie. Where can I? Because I never ended up seeing it. Um, I am lost in the world of stand-up yeah. and watching sports. I'm a big bread and circus guy. Like yeah. you know, whatever they want me to watch to distract me from what's going on. Yeah. I'm there. It, Macy's it, Day Parade, <laughs> football on Sunday. So, um, did you ever end up doing stand-up? Trying it? Going no. on stage? No, okay. no, no, no. Then no. the stand-up and you see the movie is very. Uh, you know, uh, choreographed. It's not like we we talked about like uh, I forget we like Andy Kaufman and things like that. Where the comedian in oh, this okay. movie was very you know experimental and you know um, not so not not joke punchline you know uh, kind of thing. It, it, you know, there's like singing to the audience and they sing back. It's a very you Leo's know you should check movie. out if you have time when you're out here. Hmm. You got to go see this guy Brian Holtzman. Brian Holtzman. Brian Holtzman. That fucking guy is, uh, in, in his own way, is doing his own Andy Kaufman thing. Where huh. it's like, what he's doing is like, it's like, com uh, he's beyond a comedian's comedian. Like, he's, he's like his own, like, entity. And what I love about what he does is he knows, he has to have known that, like, you know, what he's doing is not going to make somebody like back in the day at must see TV, like, oh, this could go on after Ellen, <laughs> yeah, right? Right, right? Like, he just, and everybody else, you know, to, myself included, we're playing that game of like, all right, industry's here, try to work clean, talk about your family. Right, right. He never did that shit. And he's um, uh, just one of, one of the greatest comedians I've ever seen. I had a friend of mine, Greg Fitzsimmons, recently saw him and was telling me the stuff that he was talking about. You, you have to see that guy because what's great about him is you still get to see him, you know, he has like his fans that see him, but like the best thing is seeing somebody discover him for the first time and be like, what the fuck is this guy saying? Like, um, I'm trying to give you an example without doing one of his jokes. Um, like kind uh, of a Sam Kinison? Uh... Yeah, I, you know what? I would see, When I look at him, you know what I see on stage? I see George C. Scott. Ah. Like George C. Scott wow. doing stand no, and he and he looks like and he kinda in a way almost looks like Jack Nicholson when he played uh um um Jimmy Hoffa. Remember when oh, he had like yeah, the yeah. flat top and the mustache? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The guy he's a retired dog catcher and he used to work uh, was an airplane mechanic. Wow. And he is just he is on his own fucking thing that is so beyond anything I'm doing or anybody else, I'm telling you, this fucking guy is, is you know, I know you've already done the role or whatever, but if you just want to go in late night at the comedy store and just watch a guy fucking blow people's minds. Uh, no, I, lo yeah. I love stuff like that. Even yeah. off-Broadway plays where someone's reading stage directions for, <laughs> I love the uncomfortableness <laughs> <Yeah>. of <laughs> how long could we keep this going? Yeah, I've always had a, uh, like, you know, watching people like that there's that fascination like the balls that it takes to do it and uh, and it's not done in like a self-sabotage because there's a difference between self-sabotage 
and just deliberately fucking something up because you have a fear of success right. and actually being like, no, like this is who I am and I don't fit in with whatever the fuck that is. But guess what? I don't give a shit. I'm not right, conforming because right, right. yeah. I have to do it. So <clears throat> I would highly uh, recommend him. So um, Ferrari comes out Christmas Day. Michael, man, I mean, I... Uh, See, my wife wanted to go to the Lakers-Celtics game. I'm like, we're not going to a fucking basketball game on Christmas Day. Now the movies. <laughs> Might be a different thing. So um, I don't know if you're supposed to promote anything else. What do you? How long does this media tour go for? How long have you been doing it? Is it like the old days where they fly you to the Canary Islands? And no. no now I've, I went to London, and now I'm here. We did something in New York. I'm here for four days. I go back to New York for a week where I live, and then I'm, then I'm done. You doing a lot of the Zoom interviews or no? I'm doing one later, but not only only really one. This this one I'm doing a lot for because I mean honestly, this sounds like uh, promotional bullshit, but I I, told, I I love this and I do film and I think it's rare and his films in particular I think are so rare and you know what you were saying up top it's not it's not just a weak plot with a bunch of cars it's you know Penelope Cruz and Shailene Woodley and Jack O'Connell and uh, Patrick Dempsey it's like it's really great actors giving great performances and the backdrop is this uh, really specific well-told story that I think has has legs it, um, so I'm 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 really proud of it actually so I'm, I'm uh, for this one I would do kind of anything for it for people to see it because I think it's really great. All right. Well, I can't wait to see it. Um, go see Ferrari, Michael Mann, Adam Driver. It's coming out Christmas Day. Go out to the movie theaters. <laughs> Get out of the house. You're going to be sick of seeing your family members and everything. Dude, it was such a thrill to have you, yeah, uh, you coming here. And Oh, you know what? I didn't ask our common denominator here. The Star Wars thing. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, were you a fan before you got in it? Yeah. You yeah, were, yeah. You yeah. watched the stuff? Yeah, when I met you, you were about to go in to do something with it, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I got a lot of shit because I, I, you know, I used to always make fun of it. Oh. <laughs> no, but you know, the reason why I did was because everybody loved it. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's just it's that comedian it. thing. Was like, oh, they're loving this thing. I'm gonna I'm gonna shit all over this. It's like it's like doing stand up in Green Bay. You get, you got to go there and make fun of the Packers, and you got to make fun of the Cheeseheads. And it's if you go to a red state, you have to trash Trump. And if I'm out here, I got to make fun of uh, Joe Biden. I mean, you just right, have. Right, right, other right. than that, like, where is the fun? So, uh, anyways, dude, I'm such a huge fan. You're such a great guy, and I'm same, really happy same. for you. And. Um, I mean, to have you and Michael Mann and doing the Enzo Ferrari story, like, I can't even tell you how, like, I mean, I went to the F1 when it was in uh, in Vegas. I went to the one in uh, Austin, Montreal, and then I've, I've seen a MotoGP one time. So I'm sort of a closet uh, gearhead uh, that can only change the oil on a car. But uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be very excited to see this. So thank you so much for yeah, coming in. Yeah, Adam Driver, me. everybody. This has been the Thursday afternoon, just before Friday, Monday morning podcast. Have a great weekend, and I'll talk to you soon. Hey, what's going on? It's Bill Burr, and it's time for the Monday Morning Podcast for Monday, December 14th, 2015. What's going on? How are you? Uh, I'm in New York City. It's Sunday night. Uh, 8.24 left in the third quarter. New England Patriots versus the Houston fucking Texans. Uh, I am in New York City to uh, promote, finally, the fucking, uh, we're finally putting out efforts for family. I know I've been talking about this shit, but I got to do it. Tomorrow I got to, I'm doing, I'm fucking media boy. Monkey boy. 
going to be fucking going all over town and all over on the fucking phone and all that shit talking about this wonderful new show that we have coming out. So if you guys can do something for me, I would really appreciate it by watching it December 18th on Netflix. There. I got it out of the way. All right. Um, and anyways, and also thank you for everybody who watched the uh, the pie crust video. Huh? Oh, Billy Baker got over 600,000 hits. You know, and I learned some shit. Some people are like, don't use Crisco. You should use fucking lard. And you know what's funny? It was somebody bought me, got me a thing of lard, and I keep forgetting to use it. So I'm going to try that next time. And then also people said a better way to pick up the pie crust is you fucking slowly roll it over with the, uh, the rolling pin. I didn't know either one of those. But the guy who told me, I've read it on some fucking website. He just goes, oh, Bill, 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 like 20 bills. You were doing so well. It's like, dude, would you fuck? You know, so you know how to pick up a fucking pie crust better than I do. Why don't you just fucking tell me how to do it? Why do you got to act like the fucking sky just fell? It didn't. My pie crust came out fine. Everybody is such a fucking cunt. You know what amazes me about adults? is that whole fucking thing that he just did. Oh, Bill, Bill, Bill. You you know what that really is? That is literally his fucking inner child. Literally going, Mommy, 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 look at me. I know how to do it better. It's like, just fucking grow up. Am I being a cunt right now? I don't think I am. Oh, Jesus, they're showing the fucking highlights of the Patriots special teams. They fumbled another fucking punt. Gave these jerk-off Texans another, another chance here. I'll tell you right now, I don't buy J.J. Watt's intensity. I just don't buy it. I think he's just hamming it up for the fucking cameras. He's got a fucking scowl on his face before the game even starts. You know what I mean? What, what are you mad at? Jumping jacks? Touching your toes? That stupid fucking commercial where that bluegrass band starts spraying water in his face and then he yells at his locker and then there's nobody there. I get it. He gets up for games. You know? Give me Ray Lewis anytime. I would rather have Ray Lewis screaming and yelling. You know what I mean? Than that fucking supersized astronaut looking guy. <laughs> I'm just fucking with you. He's a great player and I'm so psyched half his hand is fucking, one of his hands is wrapped up. Thank God we would have been in fucking trouble this game. Hopefully you're not sitting there with some fucking caddy at the canary smile on your face knowing that I'm going to do the rest of this podcast watching the Patriots somehow blow a 14-point lead. I know that's not going to happen, right? Get him! Ah, oh, you fucking cunts. Over the middle. Um, so anyways, I, uh, I got here on Thursday. I've been doing some stand-up um, Getting ready for these uh, talk shows and shit I got to do. I'm doing uh, uh, the Tonight Show. I'm doing Jimmy Fallon on uh, Tuesday. And then Wednesday, I'm in L.A. doing Conan. And then I'm on fucking... I'm officially on goddamn vacation. But um, had a great week, dude. Had a great time being back here in New York. It is unsettlingly warm. The only thing more scary about how fucking warm it is back here is people's reaction to it. They, they fucking love it. These East Coast people have to take it in the face. Old man winter every fucking year. They, you know, the overwhelming response to global warming up to this point is like, yeah, <laughs> bring it on. I'm loving this. I literally, I saw a woman in a fucking half shirt. Not a half shirt. She had her belly showing like she was going to be uh, dancing behind uh, one of them fucking chicks that can't really sing, you know, and they use the auto tune since they got to show their tits a little bit. 
you know, showed the little naughty little bits, a little bit of the naughty bit, right? She's walking down the street, and I'm like, I was like, oh my god. When I saw her, she was gorgeous. Then I was just thinking, like, dude, it's whatever the fuck it happens. Like, that's it's December 10th. She's walking down the street like it's uh, April or possibly even May. And um, I was, you know, so then I went on stage. And I was joking about it at the stand. And this fucking lady in the front row, just all she could talk about, she was just nodding and nodding and nodding. I was just going, you know, you, you realize this whole fucking city is going to look like Venice. It's going to be underwater, right? And she was just going like... Yeah, I know, but I love the weather. It's just, it's over. It's fucking, I, I, have, I am convinced of it. It's fucking over. People will choose the convenience right in front of their face and they won't see the volcano fucking erupting, you know, in the distance. They don't give a fuck. If in that moment, the hand in the face is going to fucking be more soothing, that's what the fuck they're going to look at. And who's kidding who? I don't have any solutions and I'm part of the problem, but at least, at least... This is the only thing I could say. At least I have the decency to be afraid. <laughs> I'm not doing anything about it. I'm trying to eat less fish. I feel bad for the bees, but what am I going to do? Just me walking around being alive. I'm contributing to this shit. Not to mention, I'm flying halfway across the I flew all the way across the country to promote a fucking cartoon. Get on the ball. That's a live ball. Fuck you. That's not an incomplete pass. Fuck you. Oh, you fucking bastards. Anyways, um, now they're saying, now they're having a discussion. Now they're having a discussion. What happened? He went back out. It's clearly an incomplete. I don't know. This is going to be one of the ones. He stopped his hand motion going forward. He stopped the throwing motion and gripped the fucking ball. Ugh. These stupid fucking replays in the NFL, you know, going to the uh, the video booth. This is like it turned all of these moments like this. This is why I hate NBA basketball. Is the timeout, the timeout, the timeout, how fucking long it takes. By the way, congratulations to the Golden State Warriors winning 28 fucking games in a row. I don't think that the, I don't, I'm trying to think what that could ever be broken. I mean, that's that is insane. And as much as they didn't break the Lakers, um, the, their record, that was still amazing. And I wish I could actually have watched the fucking double overtime game against the Celtics that looked like an instant classic. Of course, I was out, uh, you know, telling jokes and that type of shit. Um, I'm sorry, guys. I know you guys, some of you people always ask me, I talk about hoop. I, I just can't fucking watch it. I try. I like college hoops, you know. I actually was going to watch North Carolina because, once again, they got a great team. They're fucking ranked second. The fucking tie heels, right? And I came in here, but we, you know, my wife always sits down, and she wants she wants to watch dumb TV. She goes, can I just sit down and watch dumb TV? And it's that fucking Kardashian shit, which has been on a goddamn loop. That shit the other day, okay? And um, it was on, you know, they got enough episodes now. It's like the fucking Simpsons, where you can just do a whole weekend of nothing but the sh- the Simpsons, you can do that with the Kardashians now. So she just kept watching them and watching them. And I literally, I had to get up and walk into the bedroom and close the door. It, the, the show, it literally puts me in a fucking bad mood. Um, I know that there's a, there's a clip I just saw on Facebook. Of course I'm on Facebook. I'm a white guy in my 40s. I love Facebook. <laughs> as much as the youngsters hate it. Everything that they hate about it, I fucking love about it. But anyways, there's some local news show or whatever and this guy just he just fucking sums up 
He snaps. He completely loses his composure and just says, like, nobody gives a fuck about this stupid fucking family. And then these two chicks laughing. One of them agrees. And then the other, like, just breathe. Just breathe. Like, that makes it better. It's like, just enough already. I, my, my wife has it on so much, I'm actually starting to understand. Like, the dude... You know, who looks like a fucking mannequin. He's got perfect hair, perfect white teeth. He's always walking around in a suit, but he's never at work. And I finally just sit there and go, what the fuck does that guy do for a living? And they're like, ah, you know, nobody really knows. Nobody knows what he does. You know, he's always walking around like uh, dressed like Bud Fox. And then I'm like, oh, my God, I'm getting sucked into this thing. So I just, I just went into the other room. It's just an endless fucking pursuit. They're just constantly traveling. I love like when they go to the Dominican Republic and do they interact with the people? They go right to the fucking resort and they're sitting next to a fucking infinity pool. You know what I mean? It's just, it's like, why did you, why don't you just stay home? You already live in that climate, you dumb fucks. Let me tell you about the time I went to the uh, Dominican Republic. I went there and they took us. Nice. Oh, fumble, fumble. Get that motherfucker. You fat fuck. That's not yours. God damn that fat fuck. He landed right on it. Probably thought it was a pork shoulder. <laughs> oh, great. And we get hurt. Wonderful. Ah, for fuck's sakes. Anyways, so I go to Dominican Republic um, with the wonderful lady I was dating at the time. Fucked that relationship up as I did everyone until I met my lovely wife. Um, and we stayed at a resort, right? We show up and I got there. And within two, far, like you, you see what, how people are living as you're driving there. And you're like, holy fuck. It was my first time in a, a so-called third world country. I don't know what the fuck that means. It just always means it's a bunch of broke people. I, I don't know. So I fucking like, it was staggering. You know, I saw a couple of nice houses and everything else was like a fucking tin shack. And we're fucking blowing by all this poverty. And you're taking it all in. It's an absolute shock when you're spoiled ass fucking American. All right. And I don't give a fuck. What your situation is in this country, for the most part, you're living like a fucking king compared to this sh- stuff, right? So I, we end up getting to the resort, and then all of a sudden, everybody has only like these fucking Hawaiian shirts saying hello, asking to take your bags. And it's like, am I supposed to forget what the fuck I just saw? So the entire time I'm on this uh, vacation, what's funny about the resort is there's like literally like a prison wall all the way around the whole fucking thing. And you just feel it. You just felt it like late at night. If I get too close to that wall, somebody is going to reach over it, yank me over it. And no one's ever going to see me again because that's the level of desperation down here. And, um, my favorite part slash the scariest part of the trip was, uh, we actually went horseback riding and we went to a, a, a cave where there was water. You went to the water, you had to go underwater and then come up to the other side of the different cave. I know this sounds like a fucking Hardy Boys episode, but we actually did it. And I remember uh, the tour guide, the tour guide who took us, I had to stop at his fucking house. So I am sitting there in the front passenger seat um, of his car. As everybody is looking at me, basically the whitest motherfucker on the planet. And uh, and I had to sit there like, are they looking at me like, Jesus Christ, how often do you see a redheaded white dude down here? Were they looking at me like a white elephant 
Or were they looking at me like, uh, you know, God knows what our foreign policy did, and now they're in that situation. I had no fucking idea. But it was definitely, uh, I don't know. I, but I was glad, still glad I did it. I still went out, I interacted, I actually gave some, the horseback thing and the cave shit. I actually was giving money to people outside of that fucking resort. It just it didn't feel right. Does that make any sense? I don't fucking know. I'm watching the fucking game here. But anyways, um, yeah, I'm talking about the Kardashians. How late they go to all these impoverished places and they just still end up next to an infinity pool. Which to me is like, why the fuck would you leave? You're not interested because you're starving and you got food, right? Okay. She just went, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, like 20 fucking times. Um, she asked me uh, when this game was going to be over because she wanted to watch dumb TV. And I was, I wanted to be like, you know what? This is my dumb TV. This is my keeping up with the Kardashians. I watch the Patriots. <laughs> Come on, Neil. Look at Tom Brady. Isn't he dreamy? He looks like that guy with no job on the uh, the Kardashians, doesn't he? Except he's a man. Um, anyway, so uh, today in New York, I actually went to the premiere of a movie called Daddy's Home, starring Mark Wahlberg and uh, Will Ferrell. And uh, that comes out, I think, on Christmas Day. And uh, if you blink, you'll miss me. I have a small part, and I got to go there. And, uh, oh, fuck, am I going to yawn my way through this whole fucking thing? I imagine I am. Um, oh, Verzi's on his way. Verzi's on his way. I think I'm. Gonna, this is going to be a two-parter. This is going to be the first part I do today. You know what? Who's kidding who? This po- You know what? This podcast just became late. I was hoping I could finish this thing before Verzi got here. I got media all day tomorrow, and I told Paul I was going to go out and go get a beer with him. I'm going to do that so Nia can watch dumb TV. I'm going to go out to a bar. I'm going to watch the rest of the game. There, I confess. But you know what? I did make the pie crust video. I hope it helped you guys out. And uh, it's got over 600,000 hits. That fucking pie crust video has got more hits than most of my specials. Um, and this week, I actually finally was able, those ribs that I was smoking, I was telling you about, they came out fucking delicious. And what I learned was it doesn't matter, at least on the green egg, the big green egg, like uh, as long as you got smoked that first hour and a half, something like um, ribs. Now, I'm a total fucking novice. This is the second time I ever tried it. This is the first time I ever did it successfully. Uh, the other time I had to finish them off in the oven, which isn't necessarily bad. Um, oh, good. Nia just got fucking two-ply toilet paper. Three-ply? You got the most-ply toilet paper, right? Oh, my God. I can't tell you who stayed here. I'm not going to tell you who stayed here, but he stayed here and he fucking loaded this place up. It's not even it's not even one ply toilet paper. It's like literally almost see through. Um, I don't know what he was trying to do, but all I know is I would rather wipe my ass with sandpaper. There, I said it. All right. Look, I understand if you're in a financially rough place, but, you know, can you put a price you know what I mean? I might as well take a belt sander to the, <laughs> to the crack of my ass. It's like, what are we doing here? You know, it's very easy to go steal some Kleenex out of these fucking stores. Give your ass a fighting chance. Anyways, um, so I found with the big green egg, what I did was uh, I followed all the, the videos, basically, of how to start the fire. One of, the, one of these guys, they always make these fucking videos 
on how to smoke something. And all they talk about is their rubs and how long they leave it in there. And the most important fucking thing on the big green egg is, dude, what does your fire look like? What's the percentage, you know, those burned up fucking coals versus your, your, your wood? So I did a, I did like half of that. Or like the, not the shit that's got the chemical on it before everybody gives me a rough time. It's the shit that looks like how a tree looks when it's in the middle after a forest fire and it's put out. I use that natural shit. And then I had these big blocks of hickory that I'm told it doesn't make a difference if you soak them or not. Um, so I didn't soak those. But then I had a bunch of uh, those just the, the chips that you soak overnight. I soaked those things overnight. And I had an insane amount of smoke for the first about hour and a half of the cook and um, I kept it roughly at about 250 the entire time. And uh, some people might think that's a little high. I don't know what. They came up. So rather than doing it for four hours, I took it out at about 340, 345. They came out great. I'll post a couple of pictures of it. But uh, one of the most exciting parts of my week was Nia tried them. And came out to the kitchen and fucking high-fived me and did a little dance. That's the fuck was the... You know what, Nia? That was the highlight. You know? Because I know... Well, we only made the ribs and you actually enjoyed them. No, no, but I was trying something new. All right, thank you. You know what? There's one of the... Well, sometimes you just know when you're not supposed to talk to your wife. Right now, she's focused on something else. Or maybe I annoyed the shit out of her earlier. I have no fucking idea. But let's get on with the... I've just been, like, fucking running my yap here. Let's, uh... What do we got? Now I got to type in the fucking password. Go. Ah, Jesus Christ. Why? You know what? I love how fucking difficult you have to make these fucking pot, these uh, passwords. You know what I mean? Like you have like governmental secrets in here. Um, Oh, Friday night. No, Saturday night. Did you guys watch the fucking UFC? How insane were those fights? I don't know anybody's fucking name other than Conor McGregor. Um, Did you see that one fight that dude was, he was like this... I don't even know what the fuck to call the guy. He's got to have some sort of nickname. He just got on this guy's back and he wouldn't get off him. Every time he'd, he'd like go to shake him off, he'd, he'd get back on him. It's like, you know, you ever have like a fucking, I don't know, your fingers are wet and you pick up a hair and you're trying to get it off. You got to wipe it on something else and then somehow it just comes back to you. You know what it's like when you take out cellophane? Or whatever that, that saran wrap shit. It just starts sticking to itself and you try to fucking, now oh, I can undo it. I can save it. I can save it. And you're like, ah, fuck this piece, right? That's what he was. He was like the human version of, that's not a good nickname for fucking a fighter, is it? <laughs> human cellophane. I don't think that's too intimidating. He was just on this fucking guy and the dude could not get him off. And he was named after, he was a Gunner Nelson. And for half a second, I thought he was the son of the Nelsons, who were the son of Ricky Nelson, who went to that garden party, right, to reminisce with his old friends. Remember that? I went to a garden party to reminisce with my old friends. You like Ricky Nelson, Neil? You like the simplicity of those old songs? The, the, sound, the sound of thunder in the background? That's, that's one of my gloves. Come over here and talk to me for two seconds. Let me sing you some Ricky Nelson. Maybe, maybe this this will this will ring a bell. Hang on one second. Verzi. Hold on. Hey, Verzi, where you at? I'm on uh, 47 to 7. All right, dude. I'll be downstairs in like 10 minutes. I'm wrapping up my podcast with the first half of it, all right? Okay. All right, buddy. I'll see you in a minute.
Bye. All right, let me sing you a little bit of Ricky Nelson. Maybe this I will. I know who Ricky Nelson is. I know who his sons are. They had long blonde hair. Do you know the songs? Sang something. No. It was probably like, heaven isn't too far away. Like That's not them. I'm ta- no, I'm talking about his dad. Their dad. Oh, yeah. He was some like, I'm walking. Yes, indeed. I'm no, walking. he had a very simple song. <laughs> Listen to the rhythm of the falling rain. Telling me what a fool I've been. Yeah, it was very And something uh, and a something got away again. It's something and it's something, something. Okay. Ray, please tell me, does she love me so? Why are you torturing me? <laughs> you know what? Because this is my odd way of showing that I love you. I love, well, I love you too, but you're torturing me. I want to eat my Thai food and watch my dumb TV. I love you very much. You want me to get out of here? What are you going to watch? You're going to watch the get Kardashians? The fuck out. It's Sunday night. It's a big night in reality television. I need you to leave. Can I ask you a question? Why do I always have to get the fuck out? Football's my dumb TV. How come I always have to fucking leave? You know what? That's a great point. And that's why I love you. You know, a few women, you know, a few fuck that human beings can actually be like, you know what? That's a good goddamn point. Yes, I do. (laughs) (laughs) You're just like, get out. Oh, all right. Beat it. I beat it? I yeah, you beat it. it. I'm going to wrap this up right now. And I'm, I'm Paul Verzi waiting for you all I'm, the time. Oh, oh, you're a terrible friend. Yeah, you know what? You know, you're a terrible person. Actually, you're actually concerned about Paul Verzi. Your first concern is me getting the fuck out of you so you can watch old fucking chalk teeth there. Pretend like he has a job. I love Paul Verzi. And I don't want him to be waiting, be waiting around for you. Verzi. Listen to the rhythm of your fucking bullshit. Acting like you care about my friends. You just want me to fucking leave this place so you can watch those stupid twats. Nene, please tell me why you watch that show. Something, something, something with the mistletoe. I get it. You have a big round ass. Stop greasing it up and putting it on the magazine. I'm sorry. All right. I'll be back maybe tomorrow and finish this fucking thing up. Jesus Christ, can you fucking block? We don't have anybody left. All right. I'm going to say that we are, we're going to fuck this game up. This is what's going to happen. They're going to come back. They're going to make it, what's it, 20 to 6. Yeah, it's going to be 20 to 20. And we're going to have to drive down the fucking field and hopefully uh, kick another long field goal. Jesus Christ. The old spin move. Good Lord, he didn't even touch him. All right. I'll talk to you guys in a minute. Well, you know, it'll be two seconds, all right? Okay. All right. Anyway, so as I was saying, as I was saying, um, it's still Sunday night. I just saw the, the Patriots fucking win. End up being twenty-seven to six. Okay, so I overreacted. You know what do you want from me? So what did I leave off? I left off with uh, uh, human cellophane. Right. I was talking about those fights I saw. Um, the fucking guy. Let me let me backpedal. Where the hell was I? Gunner Nelson couldn't get the human cellophane off him. And then there was the guy who fought the guy who comes in like a spider. And he stuck his face out and got knocked out. And then he kicked him in the leg and broke his leg. That fucking guy fought. Jesus Christ. I don't think I've ever seen a guy get hit that many times in the head. I thought the fight, I thought the fight was over. I didn't, know, I didn't realize that the referee jumped in because the round ended. I mean, he, he took the... That was like a fucking watching like a Rocky fight. You know, when you watch a Rocky fight going, dude, there's no way anybody could take that many shots to the head. You'd be dead. You'd be on your ass. The, 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 the fight would be over. This fucking guy took it. 
Um, I don't know what I'm talking. I don't ever know the names. And then the Burger King guy, the fucking uh, Conor McGregor, who's fighting this Brazilian dude. He's got this crazy scar on this. He's already Brazilian. So you already know he, he's, he's a fucking nightmare. He's going to take it to the ground. You're fucked. Right? Wasn't he not kicking people in the face, too? This guy, he, he could, this guy could kick your ass no matter how. He, I don't give a shit. You're sitting in a chair or fucking running down the sidewalk. He's one of those guys. The guy can, <laughs> the guy can kick the shit out of you. So I'm thinking, wow, man, this is going to be a fucking unbelievable test for him. And he fucking he, he just ran right at him. He bull rushed him. And uh, Connor did the old right there, Fred. Bam. Guy does a face plant. He took two uh, judges' decisions to the face after that. Whatever the hammer fist. Is that what, is that what they call it? Took the old gavel. Two hits of the gavel, and that was it. It was fucking over. And um, I like how the guy said afterwards, he goes, you know, we got to fight again. That wasn't really a fight. It's like, no, it was a fight. You got knocked out, dude. You know? That usually indicates there was some sort of a fight. It's not like you... You fucking slipped and fell and hit your head on a desk. There was no desk in that octagon. That was a uh, that was his left hand. Um, but Jesus Christ, man, that was fucking amazing. I was actually talking to some of the guys I was watching the fight with. I go, how much tension is going to be in Dana White's house over Christmas if Conor McGregor loses too? After fucking uh, what's her face lost, female t- female Tyson, right? Then you're going to have Irish Tyson. If they both go down, then they, who are you going to... F- who's going to fucking sell a fight? You need them the way they talk shit. Do you know how much fucking money is sitting in fucking Dana... Of mine that's sitting in Dana White's sock drawer right now because you got two fucking amazing athletes like that who also know how to sell a fight? You know what I mean? If that other guy won, now you, need a, now you got a guy who needs a fucking interpreter for me to understand it. To sell the goddamn fight. It's over. I don't even like fucking watching movies with subtitles. I gotta, I gotta fucking... I gotta deal with the guy that... I, he's gotta have a, a... You know, he's hyping a fight. I look, I, I, It's like I'm watching a senator testifying. His fucking lawyer keeps coming over, whispering in his ear. I don't want to see that. Right? I don't even know what I'm saying here. Um, anyways, oh, I forgot to tell you guys this shit. I almost forgot this fucking story. So, I've been trying to work out. When, uh, when I've been here, two out of three days I've worked out, right? So I go to the gym the first day. It's right down the street from my apartment. There's no fucking problems. I walk in. The guy behind the counter is cool. There's nobody else there. No manager, just some cool guy. He goes, hey, by the way, it's 15 bucks. But if you go on the internet and you look this shit up, it only costs you five bucks. I said, dude, I'm old. I suck at the internet. Okay, just generally speaking, I'm not good at it. He goes, well, I'm just saying, you know, it's money. I was like, all right, man, I'll, I'll try to find the fucking page and I'll, I'll come back the next day. I'll only pay five bucks. So he goes, cool. No problems. No fucking problems. I have a great workout. I fucking throw the weights around. Classic shit. Comedian. I go to the gym in the middle of the day. It's great. There's nobody fucking there. Okay? A couple of trophy wives on treadmills, you know, fucking looking at their Instagram as they walk fucking half a mile an hour. And then you come walking in, and I don't give a fuck what time of day you walk into a gym. If you have to do chest that day, this, this, all the benches are going to be taken up. You know what I mean? Nobody's ever doing squats. You can walk into a gym Saturday. Fucking Saturday. Like, what's, what's it busy? Like, early in the morning when people come in, whatever, 9 a.m., whatever, fucking the busiest time, right after work. 6 o'clock at night. 
Okay, you can go walk into a gym and you can just immediately just start doing squats. Nobody's ever do. Nobody does fucking legs. Everybody does the bench. So I walk in there. There's five people. They have three benches. There's like five people working out. Three of them are guys fucking bench pressing. Goddamn cunt. So I got to sit there and pretend like I'm fucking really stretching. I'm not really stretching. I'm waiting for you to finish. Right? So anyways... That was the first day. So the second day I go to go back and I'm like, all right, here we go. You know, I'm going to run into this guy again. He's going to say, how come you didn't get the fucking thing that only makes you pay five bucks? I'm going to be like, because I suck at the internet. Remember? I'll pay 15. I don't give a fuck. Right. And I come showing up. He's not there. There's some lady there. And then this fucking manager buzzing around. Hey, how long are you in town for? Would you like to get a membership? Well, I said, no, dude, I just want to work out today. He goes, all right, fill out this form. So it's name, address, phone number, email. All of this shit. So I write down a fake name and I say I'm from Alaska. And that's it, right? So he goes, no, I'm sorry, sir. You got to fill out the rest of this, where all the address is. Now, all I had to do was just fill out a fucking fake address. But, you know, it's not how I'm wired. I got to make a point. I go, dude, I'm, I'm, I have to give you my home address? He goes, yes. I go, dude, uh, I'm not trying to be a jerk, but I'm not going to give you my home address. I'm not going to tell you where I live so I can work out one day at a gym. And he goes, well, you know, you have to fill it out. I go, why? Why do you need to know where I live? And he hems and haws, and I just keep going, why do you need to know where I live? Okay, uh, it's $15 to work out. I have the $15. I'm going to give it to you, and I'm going to work out at the gym. Why do you need to know where I live? So finally he goes, well, sir, you know, God forbid if you have some sort of incident happens and we need to get in contact with somebody. I said, so you're telling me that God forbid, to use your expression, God forbid, I keel over on the elliptical. You're, gonna, you're not going to dial 911? You're going to go drive to my house and knock on the door and hope somebody's there? That's what you're going to do? You're not going to do that. You're going to call 911 like everybody else. And he just keeps going, well, we, we, you know, what, who are we going to contact? It's like, what, what the fuck do you care? Who to contact? You know, I just said, look, if you can tell me why I need to put down my home address, I'll, I'll write it down. But other than that, I'll, I'll give you a phone number, somebody to call if something happens to me. But don't call them. They're not a doctor. Call 911. Tell you what, yeah, that's the deal. Call 911, and here's a number, you know, if you want to let the, my wife know where the hell I'm going. That's it. You don't need to know where I live. So the guy finally goes, well, you have to fill it out. And I go, why? And he goes, it's protocol. And I go, exactly. You cannot logically defend why you want my home address. You get my home address so the people in corporate will have that information. And they can sell it to other people. Right? So I go, I'm not working out here, right? So I go to walk away. And then the lady behind the desk, she goes, have a nice day, sir. I don't say anything. Keep walking to the elevator. She goes, have a nice day, sir. And I turn around and go, I understand sarcasm. You're not telling me to have a nice day. You're telling me to go F myself. I got in the elevator. <laughs> I know a lot of you guys are like, Bill, why don't you just fucking, you write a fake address. That's what I fuck. You know why? Because at some point, there's got to be some sort of pushback. Somebody has to fucking complain about this shit. When you walk into those places and they go, do you have an ID? Don't ever hand them your ID. You hold it. 
And just say, hey, I'll hold it right up to your fucking face. You want to read it? Go ahead and read it. But you're not typing in shit from my ID onto, my, onto your fucking computer. Every time you put down my name and my address, it's, it's, you've, you've added another layer where I am vulnerable to identity theft. And I'm not going to do that just to go work out at a fucking gym. I'm not having a kidney transplant, you cunt. I'm going to go do some fucking pull-ups. Give you all my fucking information. I don't know. You guys probably think I'm a psycho, right? I'm not. I'm right. I'm right on this one. I'm wrong about a lot of other shit. Whatever. This is stupid. Me just sitting here telling you that I'm right. Oh, really, Bill? Do you agree with yourself? That's amazing. Um, anyways, what else do I want to say? I have the fucking worst goddamn stupid cab driver today. Fucking jump in this fucking thing, right? We're coming from the uh, the premiere, right? So, you know, Nia's got her fucking high heels on, and she's not a quitter, so she's keeping those on, and I'm not going to make her walk with heels on. What am I, a fucking animal? Right? So we get in this, this cab, and we fucking drive down, and this son of a bitch drives right down Fifth Avenue. Fifth Avenue during Christmas, where every mouth-breathing fucking moron wants to stand there, look at the Christmas tree and the people skating. Okay. And he drives down, then all of a sudden you can't make a right. This guy's acting like he's dumbfounded. He can't fucking believe it. And then he ends up cutting over through fucking Times Square. He did everything but try to go through the Lincoln Tunnel to drive like fucking 10 blocks over. Um, and I was sitting there, um, I get aggressively exhaling. It's <laughs> the way, I, the only way I could put it. And my wife, she just fell asleep. She just, ah, there's nothing I could do about it. She just, Took a nice nap, you know. I wish I could be more like that. Um, all right, anyways. Let me, uh, let's start reading. Oh, you know what? I haven't done any advertising for this week, have I? Why don't I read some of these stupid fucking things? So who's kidding who? Why don't I make an attempt? All right. Uh, oh, Jesus Christ. Um, by the way, did I mention how much friggin' money we raised for all those people? We raised like over 10 grand. All right, and I'm going to throw a nice fucking chunk of change in on top of that. You guys did a wonderful thing, and uh, it amazes me, man, that I, I did this podcast this long, and I didn't realize that uh, you could make an impact like that. So uh, you guys were all part of a great thing, and I really appreciate how much you guys all stepped up. You were very, very generous, extremely generous. Um, you know, it's not even Christmas yet. You already did your good deeds. So now you know. You can spike the eggnog. You can get hammered. You know, and treat the people in the family like shit, right? Take them for granted. Fuck them, right? That's what they get for showing up. They knew what they were in for. How many Christmases do they got to spend with you before they realize what you're going to be doing? Um, all right. Let's read some letters. Hey, this one might be a little short because it's already 1 in the morning and I got to be on the fucking radio at 7 a.m. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. All right. Tool for the egg. Hey, Bill, I've been running... Running an egg for several years now. Your podcast about no smoke on ribs had me captivated. I would suggest my tool to stir up the coals and bring bring into contact slash smoke and hardwood chips slash chunks. What kind of fucking sentence is that? I would suggest my tool to stir up the coals and bring into contact slash smoke. And hardwood chips slash chunks. That's a fucking scent. You know something? I would suggest getting a, a sentence tool. How about that? They still make that hooked on phonics from way back in the day. There was a classic stand-up uh, reference. Uh, simply purchase a piece of three 
by 16 by 36 pieces steel from Home Depot. Home Depot. Place and bend 90 degrees, 2 inches from the end. Use this to unplug slash stir the coals from the inward vent on the bottom of the egg. Oh, okay. I will utilize this tool during long smoking to invigorate the smoke. This also works to bring air oxygen to the fire to increase the temperature. Simply poke through several of the fire grate holes at the bottom of the egg to increase the airflow. Okay. If you have any issues or just need a pick, just ask. The least I can do for your podcast. So why did you fucking send a picture? Now I got to sift through a thousand fucking emails. No, you know what I did was I layered in some charcoal. Then I had the chips with the chunks of hickory. And then I did another layer on top of that. And then I just put in one little fire starter square. And I did it from the side. So it just slowly burned across and down. It was plenty for ribs. But like if I was ever going to do a pork shoulder, you know. You're talking, I don't know how long, it depends on how big it is, but it seems on average people that that's like six to 10 hours to God knows what. So that, I don't know how I would continue to do that, but I think I would just take it off and I'd lift the grate, the plate setter, and I would just throw the shit in there and then put it back on. I think it would be fine. Um, that's what I would do. You know what the reality is? Why don't I just buy a fucking smoker and be done with it? All right, traveling with girlfriend slash fiance. Uh, hey, Billy Bourdain, I have to disagree with your advice from last week for the guy with the sound engineering job. He said he was a sound engineer in the letter you read out loud. Then later in your response, you mentioned something about building bridges and then again on Twitter, just a heads up. Dude, this guy is fucking relentless. Some of you guys, you're fucking relentless. Like reprimanding me. All right, so I fucked this fucking thing up. So let me guess. Okay, I think if he's planning on sp- I like how you think that being a sound engineer, even though I fucked it up, like that's not a that's not a quality job. You know what I mean? What do you know? What you you be working in films, right? Isn't that what that job is? Recording bands. That's a fucking great job, and it's a hard. You know what? I'm going to look it up right now before I get another fucking twenty goddamn tweets and emails from you. Sound engineer. An audio engineer working with technical aspects of sound during the process of recording, mixing, and reproduction. Audio engineers often assist record producers and musicians to help give their work the sound they are hoping to achieve. Yeah, that's a fucking badass job that people want to do. All right. Let me get back here. So here we go. I think if he's planning on spending his life with this girl, traveling and having a great time would be a make-or-break deal for marriage. She said she wanted to travel a year. Suppose it's only seven months and they go to seven continents. They even go to, they even go to fucking Antarctica, okay, over the course of a year. They get to bang in seven continents in a year, eat amazing food, see amazing things, and pretty much live their lives like it's a movie. You looked at the negative side, which is fair, but also how often do these things happen? I hate to be the guy that didn't take that chance if it were presented. God knows I would. Of course, it all depends on their attitudes and if they're fun, people with positive outlooks and good communication. Food for thought. Hey, dude, just because I don't agree with you doesn't mean I went the negative route. I was giving him advice from my hat, which is fucking positive. I'm saying he's got a great job that he was nervous about fucking leaving. Those are his words, not mine. 
to then, and this is another thing too, dude, you're a fucking man. Okay. If you're not making money, it's not like you can make a baby other than dump your jizz in somebody. You need a, like women can literally create life. Okay. You like the butter in the fucking pan. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'm old school. I feel like the man should make a fucking living. You got to come home and you got to make enough money that your woman and your family is fucking comfortable. And if you're doing that, you're a fucking man. All right. If you want to go travel around the world on some woman's fucking dime and leave your career behind for a fucking year, a critical goddamn year and have to start all over again. I I, I think that's nuts. I think that's fucking nuts. All right. Agree to disagree. I can tell you this, dude. When I started out doing stand up, I was doing this shit every single fucking night. Every night I had a singular focus. What I was trying to do was a job that a lot of people would like to do. So it took a ridiculous level of commitment. And I watched people who didn't fucking travel the world, didn't even have that fucking option. But I watched people not work at it as hard as they could have. And 20 years later, I see the results of that. So that's all I'm saying with this guy. To, uh, you know, to put play before work is just not how I'm wired. You know what I mean? Um, you're making it seem like this guy, if he takes the sound engineering job, will never have the money or never have the option to do, to go around and travel the world. I don't know. I just feel like as, as me personally, if I was going to travel the world, it's got to be on my fucking dime. Okay. And my, my life has to be in a place where I can leave it for a fucking year. If I'm just getting started in a career and I'm just starting to push that fucking rock up the hill and I'm going to go fucking leave and play footsie with some chick, even if she's going to be the chick I'm going to fucking marry for an entire goddamn year, then I'm going to come back and start all over again. Um, I would be going out of my fucking mind. I have to be honest with you too. Uh, as much as I've traveled, there's always a point, and it's usually anywhere between seven to ten days into the trip where I just want to go home. I want to sleep in my own bed. I want to be fucking, you know, hanging out with my dog. And not to mention that, I love being a comedian. I want to do some shows. It's fun. So agree to disagree, sir. Agree to disagree, all right? Food for thought. Ugh. Did you type that wearing a sweater with candles on in the background? Candles on. Candles lit. Okay. He said, and go to Cape Carp yourself. Carpe? I don't know what it is. Go seize yourself like Carpe Diem. Okay, go Carpe. Okay, I just can't bear to have you not get the reference and hope someone writes in about it next week. Sorry. Thanks. Oh, go Carpe yourself. Oh, I thought it said go to Carpe. Go Carpe yourself. Carpe Diem. Yeah, see, I love how seize the day is just fuck off to your life and go travel around the world. And like seize the day isn't like, you know what? I've made inroads in this really difficult line of work. And I'm going to stick with this. Dude, I fucking, you know something? I started out with comics who did that. And stayed home with their family and watched the fucking Patriots game instead of going out and going doing a hell gig. I'm telling you, it all fucking matters. It all matters. Hey, what would I know? What the fuck do I know? You know? I did it the way I did it. 
I'm not, I'm, I, yeah. I'm not fucking traveling the world on somebody else's inheritance. What kind of a fucking bum am I? <laughs> I'm not fucking doing that. What am I? You know what? I'll do that if you give me a pair of fucking gold digging pumps and I'll fucking walk, walk around in those all goddamn year. I'm, I want to travel the world. I'm fucking paying for it. Um, I think that says something about you, too. If you feel like, you, you know, you don't have any problem going around the fucking world on somebody else's dime. I want to earn it. All right. Face of sponsorship. Uh, Billy Butterworth. Uh, would you ever do a major sp- sponsorship for a big brand? What are your thoughts on the following? Coke, Pepsi, Chili, Sizzler, Wilson Tennis Rackets, or I guess I'm doing it right now. Um, would I? I mean, it's more would they. I mean, how long would it last? I mean, I can't even get these fucking jerk-off podcast advertisers to stick with me. They're so fucking dumb. They don't realize that if I fuck around and I curse and I be a fucking idiot, you guys actually will listen to it. My philosophy is just because I'm reading advertising doesn't mean the show stops. If the show stops, then you just pass, you just fast forward through it. It's so fucking simple. They're such idiots. They're like, don't say that about our product. People are going to start believing it. Like, like you guys actually take anything that I say seriously. Um, anyways, plowing ahead here. Girl quit job. Lady... This lady quit her job and traveled the world. Um, All right, here we go. My girl quit. Wait, my girl comes home. Why did I feel like there was something else in here? Did I miss one of these things? Maybe not. All right. My girl comes home early the other day and tells me she quit her job. I work full time in a metal shop. Jesus Christ, what are you, a blacksmith? And I go to school full-time for engineering. Uh, we also have two beautiful kids. We cannot afford our houses, our house, cars, etc. without her working. And she acts like I'm a bad guy when I say, when I get on her about it. Oh, Jesus. I don't know what I should do. I'm thinking of leaving her because this is not the first time she's done this. And in the total seven years we've been together, she's worked about two and a half, two and a half years of around ten jobs. Wait, she has worked about two and a half years of around 10 jobs? You mean, and I'm guessing you're saying she's had 10 jobs and collectively worked two and a half years. Can't take the financial stress anymore. What's your advice? Um, uh, first thing I would do, I'd downsize your life. Just be like, all right, well, look, if you're not going to work, then we got, we got to do something here. Um, that's incredibly selfish and... Um, Look, she obviously doesn't want to work. She wants to be at home. She wants to be with the kids. So you need to make enough money to basically, you know, treat her like a third kid. Um, so your lifestyle is going to have to go down then if that's what she... I would just sit down and be like, can I ask you a question? Do you want to just stay home and be with the kids? You know, and let her fucking flip out and scream and yell and all that. And just don't lose your cool. Just say to her, is that what you want? Okay? Because I need to know that. Okay? So I don't keep thinking that, that we're going to be dual income and making financial decisions that way. I can already tell you right now, dude, that the fact that you're working full-time and she's working full-time. And the, if the second she fucking quits... You're fucked. 
you guys are living beyond your lifestyle, beyond your means. You shouldn't be living like that. So you're basically, the two of you guys are spending all the money that you're making. That's, that's no way to live. All right? You need to be, you need, you need to downsize your life is basically it. I would drive, uh, you know, use Toyota or a Honda. Those fucking things never die. I'd get one of those. I'd downsize and then, you know. I mean, I don't think you just quit on a relationship and walk out on two kids, but the stress has to be fucking brutal. And if she's being a fucking baby about it, um, you know, that's, uh, you know, this is one of these fucking things that, you know, be a nice change on one of those chick shows, you know, a four broads sit around fucking talking about women's stuff. They never talk about this type of shit. Cause this, is, this would probably be considered sexist if you brought it up. That's a hell of a fucking thing for her to be doing to you. Um, I would just, you just got to lay it on the line. Just sit her down and just say, listen, is this what you want to do? Um, I need to know that because I'm not going through this again. All right. And I would just say, you've had 10 jobs in the last seven years and you've worked collectively, collectively about two and a half of those seven years. Okay. When you quit a job like that, just quit a job and have no other job. It puts unbelievable stress on me and it's not fair to me. Okay? So I need to know, do you not want to work? Do you just want to stay home with the kids? Because if you do, we're going to have to downsize our lives dramatically. If you want to keep living like this, you need to get a job. All right? And if she flips out about that type of thing... um. I mean, that's a tough one. I, I guess I would be like, when she flipped out, be like, all right, you know something? Scream and yell and get it out of your system. But you have 48 hours to sit down with me and discuss this like an adult and cut a plan. Okay? Or I need to make a decision. Because I'm not going to live my life with this level of financial stress. Um. Something along those lines. Because I'll tell you, dude, what she's doing to you is unbelievably immature and fucking selfish. When you need dual income and you got two kids at home, you just don't quit a fucking job. All right? Jesus fucking Christ. What if you did that? You know what I mean? I'm telling you. This right here, when that fucking guy was sitting there talking, that guy saying like, oh, you should fucking leave your job and go travel around the fucking planet. This is why you don't do that. What you're doing, sir, busting your ass, trying to get ahead, that's what you do when you're fucking young. Okay? It makes your life a hell of a lot fucking easier as you get older. Okay? Because the older you fucking get, you got to be somewhere. You know what I mean? Like, they, they want to hire young people, generally fucking speaking. You have to be at a certain place by a certain fucking age, generally speaking, or they're not going to give you a shot. Okay, it's like that old fucking thing about the fucking, what was it? What was it? Those two animals. One of them was storing away food. The other one was running around like a fucking jerk off. And then the storm finally hits and the ants fucking eating. And then the, the turtles uh, beat the hare. However, the fucking story goes. Um, I got to tell you this, you know, I sacrificed a lot to get where I'm at and I missed out on a lot of shit. But the shit that I on the back end that I ended up getting to do. Okay, you know, 
there was a whole bunch of sh- stuff that I missed socially, just fun stuff, so-called regular shit that I missed because, and I slept on a futon, like I've told you a zillion times, till I was about 36, 37 years old, all right? But the outside of that was I got to perform at Madison Square Garden. I got to fucking play drums with Slash and Duff and Guns N' Roses. You know what I mean? That's fucking insane. But you got to be willing to stay on the fucking futon till you're you're, you're pushing 40. (laughs) And laying there in the loneliness of that with the fucking voices creeping in your head of doubt. And you have to beat those things down as they're telling you, did I did I make a horrible fucking mistake? Um, so what you're doing, sir, you're working full time and you're going to school full time for engineering. OK, if your fucking wife, no offense, could just fucking ride it out. For a couple of fucking years. All right. Until you get your engineering degree. You get on your fucking feet. This is what old school couples used to do. Okay? They worked more as a fucking team. Because generally speaking, divorce was looked down upon. And they always tried to make it look like, and there was all these women getting beaten and they just stayed in there. Like every fucking woman was getting the shit slapped out of her. All right? I'm not saying there wasn't women getting fucking, you know, the shit kicked out of them. All right? But there's a lot of fucking people to just throw in the fucking towel. Because it's hard. And then you're going to get with somebody else and what, it's going to be fucking easy? It, it is hard. But this is, this is like some shit. You need to iron this out. And she needs to get her fucking head screwed on straight and realize that she's got to fucking support you by keeping up her end of the bullshit while you become an engineer. And then you move up the fucking ladder. And at some point, she's going to get what I think she wants, which is what she's going to get to stay home alone. Um. Nia, can, can you come over and just help me finish off this podcast? I know you don't want to. Your shoulders literally just slumped. I'll read this really quickly. I know you're tired. Nia, we're all tired. Are you going to sit there like I'm going to scold you like a little kid? No, I'm just tired. What is, what is I know, it's one fifteen in the morning. All right, this, this guy, uh, his girl comes home. He's, it's not even your wife? No, but you got two kids. Girl comes home early the other day, and she tells me she quit her job. I work full-time in a metal shop, and I'm going to engineering school. Uh, I'm going to school full-time for engineering. We also have two beautiful kids. We cannot afford our houses and our cars, et cetera, without her working, and she acts like I'm a bad guy when I say, when I get on her about it. I don't know why I should do. I'm thinking of leaving her because this is not the first time she's done this. In the total seven years we've been together, she's worked about two and a half of those years and had about ten different jobs. I can't take the financial stress anymore. What's your advice? Near Renee Hill. Yeah, I mean, I think you should definitely talk to her about it. And if you feel like she's not pulling her weight in your situation, then that's a problem. So, yeah, it's stressful. If he's carrying the burden, they have like two kids and whatever. I mean, is she just lying around the house all day? I mean, is she at least, you know, taking care of the kids and make sure they have lunches and all that stuff? Or is it just all falling on him? You know, that's really... Yeah, well, they need the money. Yeah. All right, so so I'm all right. So I'm okay. So I okay. Yeah, they both. If that's what their financial situation is, where they both need to be working, then they both need to be working. But I don't know how leaving her is going to alleviate the financial strain. 
But no, he's got kids. He's fucked. And then she's going to bleed him dry because she'll be pissed, I think. Yeah, I don't know. But yeah, she needs to get it together. <laughs> I'm sorry, Nia. All right. All right, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Jesus Christ. All right. Sorry. Well, I should have known better. When I asked her, she showed us Louis Slump. She just literally came out of the bedroom to grab something. And she's going back to going to sleep. I'm like, oh, you want to answer a fucking podcast question? You see the instincts I have, people? All right, listen. F is for Family comes out this Friday, December 18th, for the love of God. Please sit down and binge watch it. I know all you Star Wars fans want to go see that fucking movie. When you're done seeing that movie, can you please watch my show? I really appreciate it. Uh, all right. That's the podcast for Monday. Go fuck yourselves. Don't take any shit. And I'll, ta- I'll check it out yeah, on Thursday. What's up, everybody? And welcome back to the Anything Better podcast, NFL edition, going into week number 15. Before we get into uh, this week's picks, we got to shout out our sponsor, the best sponsor out there, the best lines out there, the best live lines out there. It's the BetMGM, everybody. BetMGM uh, app. Here's how you do it with our show. All you do is you download the BetMGM Sportsbook app. Okay, you sign up using bonus code BRRRR. Uh, B-U-R-R, and you deposit at least $10 into your BetMGM Sportsbook account, place your force wager, uh, place your first wager and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets uh, if the bet loses. If the bet does lose, your bonus bets will be available once your initial wager is settled. That's right, guys. $10 in. Bet responsibly. Have a good time. And uh, calm yourself down. Don't be like uh, Draymond Green punching people in the face. I mean, I just got to talk about this at the beginning of the show, dude, okay? Because I have no patience for this. These Bobby Knights, these Draymond Green. I used to like Draymond Green. And I used to say Draymond Green, hey, you know, the type of guy, you love him on your team. Dude, the guy. I hate when people fucking say that. That means somebody's a dirty piece of shit going, you know, you fucking hate the guy, but if he's on your team, you'd love him. No, I wouldn't. No, I wouldn't. I don't like guys that go out and deliberately try. And then he did that passive aggressive thing. Like he was like, whoa, like I didn't do anything. I cannot believe that he got suspended indefinitely. Um, The amount of people in, I would say, three of the four major sports, never baseball. What's baseball? Paul, you're out there. You're fucking throwing the ball around. Nobody gives a fuck. But of the three other three major sports, like there's so many guys that should have got suspended indefinitely and just didn't. Fucking lunatics out there. Dude, it's assault. At what point is it assault? When you're that size and you turn around and you throw a haymaker at a guy's head during a professional game. It's like, you can't do that, man. You can't do that. I don't, I just never, I never respected those teams where it's just like, you're better than we are. So we're just going to deliberately injure you until you're down. We're going to beat you down to our talent level. And dude, that right there is a microcosm of the mindset that a corporation has. You know, win at all fucking costs, no honor, no nothing. Like, there's no honor in that that way of fucking winning. It's 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 uh, it's not sports at that point. That's just that you're just teaching people. Like, I remember a long time ago, I went to this comedy festival. It was this stupid, sleazy manager there going like, you know, you know, fake it till you make it, you know? And on the way up, if you got to take a joke here or there, hey, hey, you know what I'm saying? Well, he said that? Wow. Yeah. Right after 9-11, too, Paul, insult to injury. If you got to steal to get there, I mean, geez, that's like, oh, oh, speaking of stealing jokes, some things are happening out there in our world that are going to come out. Oh, Billy, uh, let's get, to, <laughs> hey, to each his own, okay? Um, all right, man. Well, we got a lot of weird injuries this week. This is a weird week. TJ Stroud is out. 
right, Jake? By the way, speak- before we get going, when does Draymond come back from his suspended indefinitely? Dude, after N- next seeing, season, after seeing what I saw, dude, that's got to be like, I don't know, man. I don't even know if you would you let the guy play in the playoffs after that. Dude, that was you like know what I can't stand is Golden State Warrior fans love the guy. And that's to me, which is why I can't stand most fucking people. I can't stand most fucking people because they only give a fuck if shit is happening to them. And then if yeah. shit isn't happening to them, they don't give a fuck. You know what I mean? No, that that was to me over the line. That was like when I saw that, I'm just like, all right, dude, this dude clearly has a dude, Mike Epps. Shout out to Mike Epps, comedian Mike Epps. He had the Golden State Warriors in the audience of a show and he was making fun of Curry and he's dude and he did impressions of Curry he goes yeah motherfucker like a little kid chewing on his mouth and he started skipping dude it was hilarious and then he saw Draymond Green and he just goes man that motherfucker wants to fight dude and he did his body and how he is and it was so fucking funny and perfect but Draymond Green wants that shit and i i'm glad that it caught up to him because it's bullshit and you know what steph no, curry and all them this is what i don't get is why doesn't somebody else just kick him in the balls when they're taking a shot why doesn't somebody else just go after their need like these dirty guys go around hey these dirty guys see like in hockey it's just like all those years of fucking guys like Ulf and all of them it's just like ty domi finally punched him in the face but it's just like somebody should have just blown out his knee and ended his fucking career Gone out there and just swung a stick at his fucking head. Everybody else go, oh, well, you know, it'll catch up to him. It'll catch up to him. His guys' careers or seasons are short. How about Steve Kerr? How about Steve Kerr and Steph Curry calling him a going, dude, what the fuck are you doing? We're trying to go on a run here, you fucking lunatic. Go to anger management, you fucking asshole. Oh, fucking- yeah, where the fuck was that for 10 years, dude? They don't give a shit. I know. Dial I it know. down 20%. Still punch him in the head. <laughs> Draymond, uh, Jake just said, Draymond also had just returned from a five-game suspension after strangling another player a few weeks ago. Yeah, man. This yeah, guy I think he's like, coming to the end of his career, and he's going with his strengths. <laughs> strangling? Uh, yeah. Geez. Yeah. Uh, the guy's psychotic. Jake, who do we got on? We got big injuries this week, don't we? We got uh, TJ Stroud. We got a bunch of people hurt. Um. All right, Bill, you have first pick because it is week – I like how you got your Yankees hat on because it's that time of year where you guys go shopping. Ba, ba, da, da, ba, ba, ba. <laughs> no, I got my Yankee hat on. I got my Yankee hat on because I grabbed it because I'm fucking freezing down here. I'm fucking with you, dude. Uh, TJ Stroud has a concussion. You guys haven't gone guys. shopping in years, Paul. You guys were laying low for the better part of a fucking decade and doing great until this past season. Then well, they had to shut you guys up. All right, our first pick of the week. I'm going with the uh, Cincinnati Bengals minus three. On the road against the Vikings, they just have an embarrassment of riches at the quarterback position. I just think they keep rolling, and I think the Vikings do what they do this time of year. They just sort of, uh, you know, I'll be home for January, just like the previous 60 years. Uh, That's a good pick. No Um, Super Bowl in Minnesota. Thank God for college hockey. Uh, old Paulie, all Thursday Paulie was going to go Thursday tonight, but I'm not touching that game. There's injuries in that. And you know what? It's the Chargers without Herbert. It's the Raiders. I'm not touching tonight, but I will tell you what I'm going to touch. Oh, I'm going to touch this one. Um, I'm going to take, I'm not going to take Tommy Cutlets. I know that's what you were thinking. Uh, these fucking giant fans need to relax with this kid. Um, 
Dude, I'm going to take – I can't believe I'm doing this. I can't believe I'm doing this. I'm going to take the Chicago Bears as road dogs getting Dude, three. they got a great defense. They've let up very few points this year They're something for other last-place teams. Yeah, something has clicked with Justin Fields. I just want to see them make this run. I think that they're going to make – I'm going to take them getting three on the on the road in Cleveland. I like it. Uh, I'm going to take the Cowboys getting two in Buffalo. Ooh. Getting two. I don't know. I just, I just think they're 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 just you know. Can we talk about last week? By the way, Paul, how about you with those Giants? You know, I told you to stay away from it. I took the Packers. I was feeling good about it. You know, your I boy would, Saquon still fi- uh, fumbled though. Dude, your first ballot Hall of Famer, Paul. Hey man, come on. Hey man, I'm just I'm not saying he's not a great player. I'm just saying. Uh, I'm just saying, Paul. <laughs> hey Paul, my head gets cold too. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> I just like Paul. I love Saquon Barkley. The guy's a fucking beast. I just love yeah, I how know. much. Yeah. Like, you know what you said to me a few weeks ago? You know when your friend says something to you and then two weeks later, you're like, what the fuck is he talking about? When you're like, Bill, you just have no idea what it feels like to be a Knicks fan. And you're talking to a Celtics fan. <laughs> Did like, I what, say that? what are you doing? I yeah. Said- that, yeah. You don't even remember. <laughs> just, dude, to, go, to go down to the garden, you just have. You just have no idea. I mean, it's just such it's just such a special place. (laughs) I don't even remember saying that. I was probably in in Paul, you literally you're like a Swifty with (laughs) I know. All right. How about a shout out to her, man? Huh? Getting these fucking criminals back. All of these fucking criminals fucking stealing all I love that all of that's starting to come out. How much all of these fucking corporations and show business just steal and how much money people think that we're making. And then, you know, what I love is then they blame the art. Well, the artist should have blah, blah, blah. It's like the dude was 24. He had him 24. And I don't know anybody lawyer going up against their fucking billionaire team of lawyers. Yeah. Um, I'm going <clears> to, <throat> I don't dude. know. I'm, I'm hearing uh, hesitation. There's a lot, man. There's a lot of. I think they let Paul start to throw. He he he's yet to settle into this game here. <laughs> they gotta. I got. They gotta let me. They gotta unleash me like Tommy Cutlets. Tommy um, Cutlets. I'm gonna, dude. What's his name is not playing. By the way, Paul, is is there a version of the tomahawk chop? Tomahawk chop for Italians. Does it get you annoyed when non-Italians start going like this? The whole thing, dude, the way his agent looked, it's just getting silly, man. The guy looked like he was in a fucking Halloween costume. It was he looks like a, a C-room headliner. It, horrible. Like, this is the headliner. Hey, because I'm Italian, and he does, like, all fucking Goodfellow jokes. It, it looks like he's headlining the off-Vegas room, like there's the <laughs> Vegas room, but he's in the same casino, but, like, down the hall. He's in the big room in Laughlin. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna take. I'm. I'm. I'm just looking at this man. They came off of a a rough loss. Yeah, it was a rough one. Okay. I'm gonna take the Miami Dolphins, giving eight and a half to the Jets at home in Miami, dude. They're playing a team. I know the Jets think they're flying right now. I think Miami blows them out. That's what I'm gonna go with. Who are they playing? They're playing the Jets. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, that's what the Dolphins do. Dolphins fuck up bad teams. Um, old Joey Stats there. Um, going, I thought we had a good game. You know, we uh, rushed for over, we had fucking over 400 yards. That's a good game to you. All right. You lost. All right, I'm taking the Ravens minus three. 
against the Jaguars with the, the hobbling zombie. Dude, how tough is that fucking guy? High ankle sprain, came back the next week. Great. As beautiful as ever, Paul. Um, Paul, how, right, how much of your career would you give up to have hair like that guy again? Just for the rest of your life. Not if I had his face. You know like, what? I, <laughs> do I get to keep my face? Um, Dude, your face with that fucking hair would be look like a troll doll. <laughs> I just thought about that. Me with wait a mane. minute. Do you think you're better looking than Trevor Lawrence? No, but he's got that. No, but he's got that. Um, he's got that like, like you said, he's got that zombie look. He's got that. I think it's more Terminator. I think I was wrong with him. Uh, I might have been a little jealous. Guy's as tall as a god. He's got the long flowing fucking hair like a mermaid. You know. All right, I talk about picks that I could sleep with, right? I take the pick. I could sleep at night if I lose it. Well, nothing says that more than what I'm looking at right here with the Philadelphia Eagles. They are minus four. They are coming off back-to-back -back losses. Back huge -back. losses, Paul. Huge, huge, huge fucking losses. Huge losses to the Nikki, the mouth breather. This is Nick. This is, he's trying to wait to see what the decision on the call is. He's like this. He's like. Yeah. Like his mouth gets really small. Dude, yeah. Talk about humble pie. I like seeing the I like seeing the Eagles coach with that fucking Dude, watching the him. Eagles lose is one of the funniest things ever. I don't know why. And I like the Eagles, but it's just so fucking funny. Well, I know why. It's because the coach used to walk in the tunnel going, Take that, fans. You're not talking now. <laughs> Shut it. That's why. It's That's good. why I, I want something. When I watch the Eagles, I either want them to beat the fuck out of somebody or get their asses kicked so I get the Nikki show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to take the Eagles minus four in Sneaky Pete's house, but I think the Eagles need to really show because are they going to lose three in a row? Are they reeling that bad? I don't know. So that's what I got to see. In the overall scheme of things, is it important if the Eagles lose three in a row? The yeah. overall scheme of things, Paul, when you really think about what's important in life. Um, you know what, Paul? I'm bored tonight. I think I'm going to bet the fucking Thursday game. Oh! All right. Okay, so Justin Herbert is not in. Uh, what do you got? Matt Cavanaugh? Who's their backup? Here he is. Jake the Snake, right on time. <laughs> Danny White? Who do they got? This kid named Easton Stick. Very Easton Stick. Player. Ah, that name, that name fucking scares me. Sounds like a jacket, and he's going to throw darts. You know, I could see the headlines. Pick stick. <laughs> stick stick it to him and he beats him. There you go. There you go. Who's the Raiders quarterback? I can't even keep up. It's not this guy anymore, Connell. is it, Paul? It's not this fucking guy. Huh? It's Connell, huh? I think it's still ain't no Connell. It is. I don't know. I, what, what's the spread? It is, but there was a rumor that he might not even start. And if I heard it correctly, it was uh, it was going to be what's his face, the Pat's old backup, Tom uh, Ramsey, Hoyer, Hoyer. Hoyer. I think it's still going to be O'Connell. It's probably going to be O'Connell, but there was talk of it being Hoyer, which is pretty hilarious because there's also talk of certain players not wanting to play because they realize that the game is going to go away. Like there was there's talk that Devonte Adams might just sit out because he was like, "There's nobody playing for the Chargers." It's not happening. <laughs> yeah, so I don't What's know. What's the spread? Three. Three. I still think they'll do it. Well, I'll have a good time. I'll have a good time, Paul. What, what do I care? This is the time of year, Paul. You know, 
I just I start to fade. I think I went oh, 0 and 4 last week. Oh, Billy Flannel. You know, you look like very Christmassy. You know, give him a tea. He's got a flannel. You know, I'm dressed like I'm I'm dressed like that guy who was married to Roseanne or Roseanne. John Goodman. <laughs> or am I dressed like Roseanne? You look like you answer the door with a hot tea in a good mood right now. <laughs> with a cinnamon sli- stick. Slippers. <laughs> slippers, yeah. To like dress like I'm going outside, but then I have furry slippers on. And then that's when you're just like, oh, I don't like this guy. <laughs> all right so wait, who are you taking to just drop my wife off who are you taking the chargers or the raiders did you say i'm gonna take the raiders paul oh oh billy raiders i i don't give a fuck They're i don't raiders. care paul i don't care the bookie kicks my ass every fucking year and and, and it, it, this is this year is no different Dude, i finally fuck- got to within one game and i got this shit kicked out of me i fucking zigged when i should have zagged last week i fucking Bet on the Eagles. I believed in them. I thought the 49ers were going to have a letdown game, and it was the exact opposite. There's two losses. Then I took the Packers. There's another fucking loss, and I, I might have covered the Lions. I don't know. No, you know what you did? You walked up to the one-yard line. You started calling things, and then you just threw a pick. <laughs> no, you know what I did? I fucking called the cor- quarterback fucking sneak, and I started running, and I face-planted like Daniel Jones. How about that, huh? That was a little backdoor fucking backhand to you. Hey, Andrew, did I go one and three last week or 0 and four? Did you go? Uh, you went uh, 0 and four. Yeah. Well, I'm good for that. <laughs> just like George Brett. I'm good for that once a year. I had mine. I got mine out of the way early. <laughs> you got to get one of them. You got to right. have one. It happens. But so I've yet to go 4 and 0. I've gone 4 and 0 every at least once. It's not going to happen this year, Paul. No, you did it. the most gangster shit last year. You went 0 and 4 and then the next week you went 4 and 0. And I, that's it's called yeah. being erratic, Paul. That's not gangster. That's that's you can't nah, depend dude, you can't depend on that guy. <laughs> I, I don't know what I'm getting with him. Oh, Billy wins <laughs> some, lose some. <laughs> He's either knocking the guy out or getting knocked out right when he gets in yeah. the ring. He just comes out swinging. <laughs> the guy right. does not play defense. Hey, you know by the way, shout out to uh, uh, Adam Driver, Penelope Cruz, Michael Mann for the incredible movie uh, Ferrari. I went to the premiere uh, the other night, man. It's it, it's incredible, dude. Name a bad Michael Mann movie. That guy's the fucking best, dude. Michael Mann movies are the best, dude. Adam Driver and Penelope, Penelope Cruz are fucking incredible. I mean, everybody is. Patrick Dempsey, the the, dude, the cars are beautiful. And and uh, they got um, they got like oh this this road race that they do in the end, dude. It's just it's just it's, it had everything, Paul. Oh. It had everything. Oh my god, I can't. And wait. they shot it in Italy, and it's Michael Mann, who by the way came out, dude. That guy still, he's like eighty. He came oh. out right, shaking hands, still a firm handshake. That guy's he's got a lot left in the tank, dude. I'm telling you. Michael Mann, dude, Miami Vice, Heat. I mean, he's fucking all right. Thief. For my fourth and final pick. The insider. For my fourth and final pick. I'm gonna ride this out. I'm going to see if the New York football giants getting six points in New Orleans. I'm gonna ride out Tommy Cutlets. I'm gonna see if they really do have a little bit of magic with the kid. Okay, I got to see it one more time because then our schedule gets tougher with the Eagles. So I'm going to take my New York football giants going into New Orleans, starting the game with six points and an Italian quarterback. He showed me something on Monday. I'm going to ride with him. Well, there you go. 
And uh, that was very anticlimactic. Well, wait, there you go. Was it me or you? I think I'm done. I got the Ravens, the Cowboys, the Bengals, and the Raiders. Okay. And I have the Bears. Come on, down to MVP Sports. We got all the jerseys. We got the Raiders, the Chargers, the Steelers, and more. It's my favorite <laughs> local read in Boston, Massachusetts ever. All right. And I just want to make sure here, Andrew, make sure I'm right here. I have the Bears, right? The Dolphins. I the, I have the Bears. I have the uh, the the Dolphins, the Eagles, and the Giants. Correct. All right. Now it's time, Bill. I know you got a hard out here, so it's time for the. Oh, let the Monday night special. We're getting this one. Wow, uh, win some money for you. I don't have any confidence. Let the Monday night special. We got smoke last week. <laughs> Bill, I got to change that name. Bill, the song just got sad. You go. It's just sad. I'm not singing it anymore. Let the Monday night special. I'm not singing it anymore. <laughs> you can only sing it after a win. That's what. That's what we do. All right, we got the Eagles and the Seahawks. Eagles getting four in. Oh, I hate this fucking game. Do you? I kind of. Man. This is the only one I kind of like. Do you, th- dude? You're talking about a Super Bowl caliber team that just lost two heartbreakers to division rivals or one division rival and another NFC East power NFC powerhouse. What do you think? You think Sneaky Pete's going to stop? I them? don't know what to think with these guys. Are they fading? I have no idea. And you, you, whenever you play Pete Carroll, you have no fucking idea what he's going to pull up his sleeve. Yes, but I saw something. By the way, you see the Dolphins designed their stadium so they're always in the shade and you just stand in the sun and it could be like a 30-degree difference. Is that true? Is that real, though? Is that like a... Yeah. Nobody cares. Nobody cares, Paul. Yes, that is true. <laughs> Nobody gives a fuck. Yeah. Let him do that up there in Gillette when old fucking uh, Tommy Pretty Boy was up there. People would be up and, oh, my God, I knew it. What the fuck? Oh, God. If I see see one more fucking team fucking cheating and nothing happens, I'm never going to get over that, Paul. Did you hear Edelman and Gronk making fun of the Colts? I sent it to you, dude. It was the best. Did you see it? Oh, those fucking crybaby cheating pieces of shit. Oh, dude. Edelman just goes, Edelman and Gronk are having a great time on a podcast. And Edelman goes, the ball's inflated. The ball's not doesn't have enough air. And Gronk goes, <laughs> Gronk starts bursting out laughing. He goes, he goes, those fucking, he goes, those cults looked for any excuse because we fucking beat them all the time. It was the best. You didn't see it? Thank God. Oh, Thank dude. God. Ed, but Edelman just goes, the ball. He goes, he starts goes, the ball doesn't have enough air in it. <laughs> Dude, it was the fucking stupidest thing ever. Worst. Worst. And the NFL tried to uphold it. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, the owner of the losing team conducts his own inv- investigation. <laughs> on a football. Oh, this, this, this is this is gonna this is gonna be unbiased. <laughs> oh my god. Dude, that what a ridiculous. It didn't have enough air in it. That's what he said. That's what he said. He goes, the ball. They lost by by 35. And then Aaron Rodgers comes out, and Aaron Rodgers goes, yeah, I like the ball with more air. I liked when it was harder. People do. It's like fucking ridiculous. Dude, and then, but the best was when the Colts played him. I mean, when the Patriots played him again. That was the best. Because then you guys just fucking shit on him, dude. It was the best. Dude, Um, that was already like 10 years into them whining. Uh, Teddy Bruschi, six years earlier. What's their excuse going to be this time? I love it. There's a guy who sends an email maybe like every three weeks to Bill, and it's literally the same thing. Maybe maybe every month, but but he says all the time, he goes, Bill, if Tom Brady hadn't destroyed his cell phone 
I might believe you, but that is the act of a guilty man. And it's just like, dude, I wouldn't turn. I, there's nothing on it my had phone. Nothing my, to do with the balls. Yeah, it had to do with like, everything else that was on his fucking your phone. phone. Dick yeah. pics and God knows what else you're fucking doing. It's like, do you think they just they're just not gonna scroll looking for that? They're gonna be finding. <laughs> yeah, they're gonna see some shit. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When a man scraps his phone, he could he could have it hidden. He could have it hidden in the folder titled Giselle. We better take a look. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Like, do you think he has something in there that says uh, underinflated football thing? You know. One of it's, my favorite things in sports was when you guys, when Belichick just fucking was blowing out team. Dude, when you guys went on that run where you were, and I hate to be insensitive here. But, dude, you guys were so pissed, and Belichick was so pissed about the shit talking on the team when he was winning by, like, three touchdowns and he was still going for it in the red zone. And they go like this to him. They go uh, in the press conference. They go, yeah, Bill, you guys are up 21 with, like, four minutes left. Belichick just goes, he goes, you know, it's three possessions, you know. It's only three touchdowns. Dude, it was the best. Yeah, no, that ended up fucking us, though, because we started embarrassing teams. And then then every week became – we played a playoff game from, like – November on dude that guy that was paralyzed or he got partially paralyzed in in Buffalo but then he came out walking out he was actually able to walk and it was his big thing and they put him on the screen and you guys just beat him fucking 55 to 10 it was fucking nuts dude I'll be honest with you dude I, I loved I loved watching you guys shit on teams uh anyway well it's over paul it's back to the sullivan stadium era but you know what how much i'm built for that paul because i grew up like that yeah but bill you know what you got what'd you get 21 good years i mean jesus giants get two and then we're bad for 11 i mean i'm 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 fine dude believe me i am the problem i have now is giving a fuck well let me ask you a question what other team in the history of sports has gone on a two-decade run like that in the history of sports in in your time lakers went on a three-decade run 70s 80s 90s and into the 2000s lakers lakers have won the most champ yeah lakers have won the most championships since i've been alive and they seamlessly transitioned from when you had to build a team from the draft and, um, uh, you know, maybe a big trade like with Kareem to the free agent era. And the thing about it is, is they were much, I feel like they were much better with keeping their old stars around, around the team and people wanted to be there. And then they're just beyond like a destination city. It's just everybody's Hollywood. I People feel like try it's to act like to they're not Hollywood. Everyone wants to fucking live out here and bang a fucking celebrity and 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 do all this fucking LA shit. And and then back then everybody had their own fucking rap album and stuff. And that's the music what, uh, business was out here when that was going on. I mean, it was just what the fuck did we have, Paul? We had clam chowder, average looking women, and and uh, you know, winner. That's what Lou Carnesecca <laughs> said. Lou Carnesecca, dude. Shout out to Lou Carnesecca, the the coach of the St. John's uh, Red Storm, whatever they call him now. But uh, the he said he goes, dude. He goes, if Lou Alcindor would have stayed in Queens, he said the college basketball would have changed forever. New York basketball would have changed forever. But Kareem went out to L.A. and he went on campus and he saw UCLA from Queens, and that changed a lot. And it was like, yeah, dude, uh, yeah, that's you know. Hey Ma, Definitely made, he made the right move, man. You, he goes, you, he goes like this. He goes, hey Ma, eighteen years in New York, you want to? I don't see think I'm coming different. back to Queens, Ma. I think you know what I'm gonna stay. You guys want to come out here for the holidays? Yeah, yeah. It is okay. weird though, but now now it's kind of moved around where like uh, you know Golden State became like a destination place. Um, 
Miami did for a minute. I think Miami, Miami actually had stayed that way for a while. Like that's just a good organization. Dude, if it's a good organization, a there's beautiful women and you're winning championships. I mean, that's 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 where they're gonna go. You know what they the got to do? Gonna, you going to sign with the Timberwolves? When they No, you know what they got to do for college kids? When a team on the East Coast has a big recruit coming in, you just got to fly in a bunch of horse that are all tan. No, we love Rutgers. You know, just fucking Syracuse. No, put, put, put some fake sand on the fucking sidewalks and shit so they think there's good beaches out there. Yeah, dude. You can't blame a kid, dude. If my son went to Miami and he saw Miami, and then all of a sudden he's like, Rutgers, uh, Newark, New Jersey, or South Beach? <laughs> you know? No, no, it's it's yeah. it's a uh, it's a no-brainer. Some Cuban rubbing his balls. Wait, all right, anyway, <laughs> I don't um, – all right, so it's uh, minus four for the Eagles. What do you think? Or do you want I mean, to go the other way? You have to think that the Eagles are going to turn it around this week. I think so. I think big. And here's the other thing. The Seahawks threw three touchdowns to DK Metcalf last week, played great, and still lost a game to a team that wasn't as good as the Eagles. I think the Eagles go in and put it on them. Okay. I'll go with that. Jalen Hurts to throw one? I'll go with that. Okay, so we got Eagles to win, Jalen Hurts to throw one, and um, let's That's not security guard to get kicked out again. What's the over-under on that? What what exactly was he security for? Like, there's a security force there. I didn't understand why there was an independent security guy. Why the fuck did he get kicked out? The guy on the the guy put his hand in his face, rubbed his thing, and he kind of just moved He did it. a point punch, the old point punch. It's very yeah. passive-aggressive, but That's I mean, come on. disrespectful, though. A point it was, punch. It, was just, it wasn't like, you know, concussive. It was disrespectful. It was funny. But he had his glove on, so you can't prove that it was him. There's no fingerprints. <laughs> What do you think the third one should be, Bill? Should we do uh you got you got Deshaun? <clears throat> no, not Deshaun Jackson. You got what's his name? You think Devontae DK gets Smith, one? You got Devontae Smith, you got AJ Brown, you got what about DK? Metcalf. Is he gonna get one? He got three last week. It's because he's a fucking Marvel superhero playing football. Dude, how fast is that guy for his size? Dude. I mean, for any size. Yeah. I'll go DK Metcalf to score one. Why not, Paul? Let's have a good time. There you go. All right. There Boy, you go. If you want to do over and under, Paul, I swear to God, I can't hit the fucking ocean lately. No, so no I, mean, I don't know over. what to tell you. Every time we do an under over, we won one under over by the skin of our fucking teeth. And I don't like betting for points. Paul, stop really living good. in the past, man. <laughs> All right. We're going to do. No, it's 47 and a half. Fuck that. I don't like that. I don't like that. It's a perfect number. It's a perfect number to fuck you right at the end. We're going to go Eagles minus four. We're going to go Jalen Hurts to throw one. And we're going to have Sneaky Pete's wide receiver, DK Metcalf, to, to catch one. And uh, there you go. We're going to hit our second Monday night special this week. The What's whole the over-under on the amount of gum that Pete Carroll chews? That's how he keeps that jaw so fuck. He's got a great jawline. And he just runs. Good, good, good. good job. Good, good job. There's, it's all, woo! I've never seen him. I've never seen him. Yeah, he looks like a bird. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fucking chipmunk over there. Um, all right, there you go. Pete Carroll are... on blow chewing gum is something I would love to see. Oh, dude, Pete, <laughs> his head would explode. Just a whole pack in there, just fucking. Good job, good job. He's like eighty, dude. Guy, guy does look good for eighty. I'm not gonna lie. No, he's like seventy four, seventy five. Oh, is he? Right. Still, still, still. Dude, Pete Carroll still he still wakes up with fucking half a stiffy. You know he does. 
You know? He's got to uh, bang something every fucking week just to fucking just, you know, chewing that gum like that, dude. He's on top of her. Just- <laughs> <laughs> he's on top. He's like, you like that, honey? His wife uh, said, then close your mouth, Pete. Close your mouth. You know, I don't like that sound. All right. This is getting disgusting. <laughs> All right, everybody. Those are our. Those are our. All right, when Pete gets undressed at night, what's the last thing? Does he spit out his gum first before he takes his socks off? No, dude. He's still chewing the gum. He's he still chewing the gum. <laughs> he's got like you know when you buy like a whole brick of cigars, he's got a whole thing of gum right on his nightstand. Ah, just goes to bed chewing gum. Oh, fuck, dude. I'd be honest with you. I can't look at him with a straight face every time I see that. And players love him. The player goes, dude, when I saw him and he ran up and down and he runs up and down the side with the play and he's chewing his gum and he's like, I want to run through a wall for that guy. I'm, I'm like, really? Dude, I like, bet his wife makes him wear a sleep apnea mask just so she doesn't have to hear the sound of him chewing his gum. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, everybody. <laughs> all right. Is that it? That's it, everybody. Those are our picks. Enjoy week 15. Download the BetMGM app. Use our code for the show. It's a very easy code. Burr, B-U-R-R. Put a deposit of $10 in, and you will get back $1,500 in bonus bets if your bet loses. It's that simple. Bet responsibly. We will see you next week for week 16 already, which is so sad to say. This year's flew, uh, flown by. Uh, and there you go. Happy uh, holiday. Oh, no, no, there's still four more Sundays. It's unbelievable how long. It doesn't fly by anymore. There's four more Sundays. It's a month. Dude, it's week 16. It flew. No, it's week 15. No, no yeah, all right, week 15. Still. Week 15, 16, 17, then you got 18, and then you got like another month of fucking plans. This shit's not going to be over till February. Yeah, but it's it's not enough, dude. Football's got to keep going, man. And by the way, what the well, Patriots... I don't think I've ever heard such sadness in your voice. What's going on? Everything all right at home? No, dude, one football... Yeah, but yeah, listen... Like it's not a, It's just not long enough. It I'm gonna to say this, going to say this, dude. What the, the 20-year run the Patriots went on being an NFL football team is more impressive than... Uh, glory uh, a, days. A basketball They'll team. pass you... But, Paul, I don't want to keep talking about the glory days of the Patriots. It happened. It was fucking awesome, and it's over. And right now, God damn it, we're a three and fucking 31 team. However many weeks there are this year. We're three and twelve. Yeah, three you and, know what? Three you and uh, pre- three and fucking uh, no. eleven, dude. You get a good draft pick. You're back in two years. What are you worried about, dude? It's a fucking historic franchise. You guys did it. You got over the mountain. I'm worried about those kill switches on cars that they're going to have in 2026. What's that? They'll just be able to shut your fucking car off uh, if it's electric. No, you can't do it on it. You can't. You're not going to be able to do it on an, on a gas yeah. engine. How? Yeah. What do you mean how? You how can they start the engine can. of fuel? There's computers in all cars. You can shut a car off yeah. remotely. They've 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 done that. Guys have done that on their YouTube. They just take channel. a chloroform rag. They put it right over the intake <laughs> manifold. <laughs> jump on the hood. They jump on the hood. Uh, <laughs> right over you, the grill. Dude, that's that's ridiculous, man. Are you serious? Yeah. Oh, we should. I want to do something on the show. I only met this dude once, but uh, we lost a comedian. Um, a comedian passed away untimely. Uh, it was just a horrible, untimely passing of um, Kenny DeForest, who was a, a comedian in New York, and uh, he passed tragically. Basketball player. He passed tragically. 
And uh, so shout out to him. I met him once. He ran a show in Brooklyn that everybody loved, and he was a really, really good dude. So uh, rest in peace to him uh, and thoughts and prayers with his family. Uh, it's brutal. Um, and a very, very funny. Watch his clips. Uh, Kenny DeForest, really, really funny. He's got a clip about uh, anxiety, and he goes through the emotions of like what it is during a during like a feeling of it. And I like that bit that he did about uh, – when he was playing and he, he went up against that kid that uh, that white kid that that uh, UNC ended up getting for four years and they they wanted to play one on one with them. They wanted him to go one on one with them because the the other team also had good outside shooters. And, they, and he I didn't see <laughs> he that. Tried to D him up. Yeah, and the guy went like 12 for 12, four for four from the line, had 35 points. Um, oh, dude. Yeah, I didn't listen to it. I'm not lying to you. Like I didn't hear I I didn't know about him until I heard about the accident. Then I watched like his <clears throat> his clips and he seemed like he was going to be a, a he was already a really good comedian, but he seemed like he was going to be like a really yeah, you know, a force to be reckoned with, man. Yeah, dude, and be careful. It makes no sense. Makes no, no sense. Be careful out there riding those things cuz man, I swear to God, dude, driving in the city right now, it's the wild west. They don't care. They're cutting people off more. There's more people. There's bikes everywhere. There's bike lanes. You open your door, somebody wants to almost flies into your Just be careful out there, man. It's a horrible horrible thing. And uh yeah. So, anyway, stay in your car and get off your phone. Yeah, dude. And then that other thing that the 49ers did with the uh and the Jets did where like distracted driving deaths and somebody on the jets organization years like and the, the family was there and they were like running up the you know stands for him and stuff like that because that's a statistic where there's literally a, people get killed yearly because somebody is literally looking at their phone and they're killing people and it's fucking ridiculous man it's 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 i think it's worse i mean not it's i shouldn't say that i almost said i almost said it's worse than drunk driving it's not but it's 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 as bad i should say that's they're saying it's as impaired. All right, that's the end of our public service announcements here. <clears throat> no, I got another one, dude. So breast aware. No, I'm kidding. Imagine we just went through. Um, all right, guys. Thank you guys so much. Uh, we'll see you next week, week 16. Enjoy football and bet responsibly. I'm doing the point, Paul. Getting to that age, the old man. <laughs>